listen, finding people, like-minded people to hike with is hard. You don't know what they're into. You don't know if they want to crush miles. They just want to leisurely stroll. You don't know if they're in it just to camp. So our friends at Art of the Trek are now organizing group trips where you can meet new people and have a comfortable and safe experience and have an excuse to get out hiking and camping more often. Please head over to buddies.artofthetrek.com and fill out a detailed form so you can find your great hiking and camping buddies in your area. Now, of course, right now we are practicing social distancing and taking solo hikes. However, we're all dreaming of summer and fall backpacking trips with friends, family, people you meet on Buddies. Art of the Trek is proactively gathering information now so that they can help you and others get back out there when the time comes. So please... Check out buddies.artofthetrek.com. Check out the link in the description. Welcome back to another episode of Backcountry BSing live. from my basement. <laughs> We're doing these live now. Um, I love how we've only actually BS in the backcountry like twice. Twice, I know. Yeah, these started. We did these in the woods. Okay. Yeah, that's a lot of equipment. Um, wow, well, we just used our <laughs> you phone. Used a phone. All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, today is a fun one. We're going deep into science today. So uh, on the show today, we have a, a good friend of mine, a good friend from the graduate school days, Dr. Richard LaFountain, PhD, on loan to us from The Ohio State University. Go Bucks! <laughs> I, don't, I, don't. I don't know if we're supposed to just no, no, like most no, of my thoughts may yes, not be Everything really, Rich says is... just my is, thoughts. Is, 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 <laughs> I, don't is, any, uh, I don't want any yeah. trouble. <laughs> um, the, the purpose of Rich being here today, um, so if you watched um, a couple weeks ago, we had the Backcountry Foodie on here. Yep. Um, and, you know, we talk a lot about you know, fueling for backpacking, food for backpacking, that sort of stuff. And um, Rich, Rich has a PhD, and his research is all surrounding the ketogenic diet. Um, so that's what I'm calling. I'm calling you an expert on it. Wait, uh, your your whole PhD is based on yeah keto. Uh, I mean, it's yeah, it's like keto is a very significant player. It's basically our intervention was a training and ketogenic diet intervention. So we, we did it in like military affiliated right. individuals. So even more pertinent to backpacking is with an exercise spin. Yes. Correct. Yes. So, so we call them tactical athletes. Tactical yeah. athletes. We could, should yes. we call <laughs> us backpackers as tactical athletes? So, no. Uh, <laughs> no. So uh, I know no. there's a, you know, we've talked a little bit about the ketogenic diet. Um, before we get anything, I'm going to have Rich talk about what that is here in a second. But we got, we got questions about that after after the backcountry foodie. Yeah. Um, and I just want to talk to Rich about it. He prepared some scientific based materials. We may or may know not put up on the screen to support his points. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um, but, but <laughs> pretty <laughs> anything works for me. Um, so Rich, before we really get into anything, I want you to just kind of explain to people listening and watching like what, what the hell is the ketogenic diet? All right. Yeah. Happy to do so. Uh, so ketogenic diet, it is, a high fat diet for short, uh, but generally the way that you would actually go about kind of trying to accomplish the diet or trying to facilitate the diet is it's going to be a low carb diet. Uh, generally anything around 200 grams or even 100 grams is kind of a little bit arbitrary where you cut low carb in terms of a threshold, but, uh, it's, and, it's on 100 to 200 grams somewhere in there. Really? I, there are some like, so depending on if you're going on guidelines and stuff. So like yeah. the American dietary guidelines say that you should be getting at least about 45% of your calories from carbohydrates. carbohydrates. Yeah. So, those, um, those bastards. yeah, so <laughs> that's like the low end. That's um, the bread industry. Yeah. <laughs> 
So theoretically, anything you know, technically sub okay, guidelines could it's, be considered technically, technically low carb. Low carb okay. But uh, in a lot of cases, if you're going to start trying to you know differentiate and figure out like you know what is it you know what dietary paradigm does paleo fit with or keto, or, yeah, you're going to start doing some you know more specific kind of cutting of macros. So uh, for a ketogenic diet, usually you're going to be in the range of 50 grams per day or less. Um, and I I did watch the uh, the video or the YouTube you guys posted um, with the backcountry food. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, and I, I remember you talked a little bit about keto and I remember you yeah. talked to, you know, you made a joke about is roughly maybe two slices of bread a day. Right. <laughs> that, probably, that's 50 grams, that's, right? That's going to get you pretty yeah. close to 50 grams yeah. for most people. Um, so it, it does, you know, excludes a lot of food products that we're commonly eating. Yeah. Um, in addition to that, you kind of can go further and usually you start with carbs, try to nail that, try to get in, you know, 50 grams or less a day. Uh, this can be impacted by your training or possibly your, you know, your backpacking or activity levels. Uh, and then from there, you're going to next focus on protein. So you're looking at 1.2 to 1.5 grams per kg reference. So rate. how many, you gotta, you gotta just tell yeah, me how so many how grams much of protein. Is that? So for example, yeah, in yeah. the studies that we do, usually depending on person's weight, but if we just kind of assume like a normal just, sized just person, get, sorry, God, you see how much better that sounds. I, oh, it does yeah, sound better. Yeah. I mean, I'm new to the, the <laughs> microphone you're game. Good. No good. one really records me when you're I speak. Good. You're doing uh, good. <laughs> so yeah, for someone that's like a normal average size individual, you're probably looking at 100 to 150 grams protein per day. It's not, okay. Yeah. Um, if you're looking for weight loss or if you're really trying to bump those ketone levels in the blood up, you might cut them, you know, okay. down below hundred grams a day. Uh, but that just, you know, it depends on the targeted endpoint of that okay. diet. Um, so one thing I want you to explain is like, why the hell do people other than weight loss, like why do people go on a ketogenic diet? Okay. Um, yeah. Weight loss. You hit on the, like, that's probably that's the, the primary main, the main, main one. <laughs> yeah. To, everyone wants to look good naked. Yeah. Um, even if you're in the middle true. of the woods. That's yeah. true. <laughs> so, it, so people are primarily doing it for weight loss. Now I'm going to just jump into a comment that a Get bunch of people here. said. Yeah. Go for so, it. So once you, so once you achieve your targeted weight loss, is it, is there research yet to show like how sustainable staying on the diet is? Is that good for that's you? That's a great question. That is a very good question. Uh, also commonly something we get from our, you know, papers that we publish, we are reviewed on that constantly. Um, so something that we've seen with the ketogenic diet, for the most part, the literature started about a hundred or so years ago with epileptic patients. Right. I knew that's, that's yes. the historical basis Correct. of this diet, yes. right? Um, and I mean, back way further than that, I um, have a timeline slide that might work for this. It's one of the first, maybe slide two. Would you, would you like me to put this? Okay, here you can, we go. You could try. I don't All know right. if it would be that helpful, but it, you so can that, at least get an idea. There like, you go. So if you kind of look at like throughout human history, um, definitely the guidelines were not adhered to generally as like the standard food throughout all, most of human history. So Solid if slide. you think about 40-ish yeah. thousand years ago. You got you human just, at 40,000 years ago? It's probably like something that we would call similar okay. to a, a right. humanoid, right. some right. kind of humanoid I'll give you that, I'll give you that. I'll give that you might that. eat like we yeah. eat and, okay. you know, right. agricultural revolution. You just have human food <laughs> consumption for 35,000 years. Just about. I mean, um, so this is like a, you know, this is just a rough slide to get the okay. ideas out there. Okay. But for most of humanity, if you actually look at that and back through anthropological data, yeah, um, there's a paper from 2006 where they were actually kind of showing that if you were to do your best to look at you know, the remains of humankind and whatnot. Uh, it's probably more of like an even split. 
between the macronutrients and it was absolutely really? impacted by geography. Like like so you're saying if we if we go back to 40,000 or 20,000 years and we pull I know it's going to be heavily dependent on where you're living. Yes. Geographically. But if you, just, if you <laughs> averagely pull somebody, it's the macronutrients so carbs, fat and protein would be split evenly. It's, yeah, somewhere in the range of like 30 to 35% okay. of calories carbs, from each of your macros. So you I have the three macros, fat, wait, carbs I didn't and think protein. carbs would be that high back in the early days. It depends on where you live. Right. If you, you know, cuz tubers, like any kind Fruit of like too potatoes or root vegetables yeah. those were pretty widely used uh definitely but wouldn't, for, that, but wouldn't that have been like only started when like when civilization farming. well people ate off? tubers and stuff yeah. before like roots and tubers people were eating for a long time yeah this yeah. is okay i mean this is absolutely outside of my uh, my wheelhouse here uh, yeah, but yeah do we, need, do we need an anthropologist, need an anthropologist <laughs> to call <laughs> in yes <laughs> so um yeah definitely like you know that's I've looked into some of it just to get a basis for like where keto started. Okay. So yeah, yeah. Started within the literature and within clinical community about a hundred years ago with epileptic patients. Mm -hmm. Okay. And they were on the diet to answer your question <laughs> about, you know, six months to a year, a couple of years, even more than that, depending on how successful the diet yeah. was. Cause the diet was effect like effective, incredibly effective for some of these epileptic patients. Um, even so much that that was, you know, they were dropping you, off their medications. Do you want to talk about why it's effective? Do you know? Uh, I don't know specifically why. Right, I'm not you know. actually certain that every, like there is, you know, like we know exactly why keto works. But basically what keto does is you're decreasing glucose in the bloodstream for the most part. You're kind of stabilizing. Yeah. It. Um, you're decreasing insulin and you're increasing ketones. And the thought is that some of those neurons or some of the, you know, cells within the brain, and the neural structure are a little bit hypersensitive in some people to like both glucose fluctuations and higher glucose levels. And by having those ketones there, you kind of supplant some of that glucose being fueled to those cells. And as a result, that you don't have kind of some of that so, hyperactivity so it's or not, seizures. It's not because, I didn't know this, I thought it was because the brains are burning ketones, but may, it sounds like it's because it's not burning glucose. We're nitpicking. I here. guess, yeah, that's, that is, yeah. I mean, it is one in the same. I thought the like, ketones had like a, magi glucose, a magical effect on the brain, but maybe um, it's just not having the carbohydrates there. It's, yeah, I don't know that I would say it's the ketones are magic. Yeah. I would more say like yeah. okay. okay, maybe the glucose Carbs suck. Yeah. No, <laughs> not necessarily. Yeah, yeah. In your in your scientific background, is the ketones yeah. are magic? Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. Is that in papers? Is that published? I mean, you'd be surprised. There's some interesting. We're gonna get sentences. there. Uh, all right. So to where are, I forget where we are in history right now. Um. So yeah. So we're you know, we're well into kind of like I kind of stopped this line here at 2018. Um, yeah. And you can see that physics, biology, those, those are just examples of, you know, where they came about. It was somewhere along mm -hmm. the conversion from BC to AD, and they've been around for a long time. If you contrast that with nutrition research, 1700s, maybe 1800s was, was our first you, documented that's, that's first nutrition ones. research. Okay. Um, where we started identifying things. And we, at, when it first started, you know, in terms of nutrition research, it was a lot of it was like vitamin C and scurvy and right. people, you know, <clears throat> trying to make it right. across the ocean and they would have all kinds of problems because they weren't able to store that kind of food in terms of like the vitamin C containing foods yeah. for those long voyages. And they would all, you know, have scurvy and all kinds of stuff. And what they ended up, it was more like they found the cure first and they figured out with like citrus, lemon juice, that kind of thing, they could get rid of the scurvy. And it wasn't until, you know, that was in 1700s-ish, late 1700s. 1800s we found out like oh it's vitamin c that's what we've actually sub you know yeah. supplemented in the diet and that's what we've been able to fix so a lot of this data in terms of nutrition and that's also a very controversial topic <laughs> anything related to nutrition part of that is due to i guess we have you know biases 
Well, part of it's, yeah, absolutely there's bias, but then also like the cultural stuff, yeah. the geographical mm-hmm. stuff, the personal preference, like, you know, you get super fit and lean and you're eating, I don't know, 500 grams of carb a day and you're just thrilled with it. Someone comes along, it's like, no, 50 yeah. grams a day or less and that's it. That's the best thing to do. Yeah. You're, you're upset now. Would, so. would you say, <laughs> I always say like most people, you'll know the answer to this. Like if you're just a regular human, four, three to 500 grams of carbs a day. Um, in terms of like how much, how many grams of carbs is a regular person eating? Like oh, the uh, yeah. Like yeah, on yeah, average, yeah. like yeah. what yeah, happens? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, what happened? Yeah. Somewhere, I'm trying to get people like, a, like you're cutting your carbs by night, like tenfold. It's it's a yeah, it's a significant yeah. cut. Yeah, tenfold, uh, like you're saying, probably in the range of three to five hundred grams a day is pretty standard for like a you know a relatively healthy person. Yeah, um, a relatively healthy person. Yeah, relatively yeah. healthy. Yeah, someone, a lot of carbs, dude. Yeah, someone that's a little bit less healthy probably might over exceed right. that a little bit. And each person has kind of this individual right. you know carb tolerance threshold, if you want to think of it. So that's why you know some people are destined to at some point get diabetes and. Right. You know, they think it's kind of unavoidable, but it might be something you can do and like type two diabetes. That's by and large the, you know, it's what is it? 90 something plus percent of all diabetics in the world are type type two diabetics. Yeah, I believe that. And that's a lifestyle disease. Mm So um, you can do a lot about it, including, you know, and that's kind of the other area. I guess it's a segue you could consider. (laughs) Uh, So from epilepsy and that kind of stuff in, you know, early 1900s, 1920, uh, we could then think of, you know, diabetics, insulin resistance. Um, that's kind of been the other area where ketogenic diets have been right. explored more heavily. Right. And in that case, we ha- we now have data uh, one, two, f- two years in type 2 diabetics where they've been able to do a ketogenic diet, basically virtually guided. Um, and there are some people that are, you know, extended past that four or five years, but the papers aren't out. The scientific yeah. data is not published yet, so it's not accessible. Uh, but it's... The short answer to your question, I know we kind of went. It's all right, all man. Oh, this <laughs> is where we, we went all around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, the short answer to your question in terms of like, is it sustainable? It's absolutely sustainable and it can be healthy. There might be some people that, you know, maybe when like you have to be very careful with type one diabetics, yeah. they don't have insulin. So yeah. ketogenic diet can be unhealthy or has to be like very well monitored. Um, but for the most part, everyone can do ketogenic diet. And if they want to sustain it, most of it is between the ears, like. Do you like it? Do you want to yeah. do it? In that case, you can keep going. If you don't like it and you really enjoy, you know, bread, pasta, pizza, all the good things in life like that, then maybe you're not really interested in keto at that point or your motivators aren't yeah. there. So like if I was type two diabetic, I would be keto basically right. till the end. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I would probably not be a diabetic as long as I remained keto. Yeah. So to me, I'd rather do that. So that was a, that was a very good overview of the diet. Um, I want to talk. I think you might maybe talk a little bit about the military study, but well, I do want. Or do you have some more? It, did did we do a full blown like background introduction? Yeah, we probably should. We, do we that. skipped over. It's that. not interesting, but I'm happy to try to provide what I can. So uh, I'll give you a little one, and then you can fill in the holes. Yes, sir. Um, we should have done this at the beginning, I guess. Good call. I like diving right in. So I don't know. We were ready rich. to go. We had like a, a lot of questions. I'm a keto nerd, uh, Rich. <laughs> rich, um, you're a postdoctoral research fellow. Uh, not a, I'm not quite a fellow. I'm just, I'm just a postdoc post-doc. researcher. Yeah. Most people, don't, fellow people entails, probably don't know what that is, but yeah, is, fellow it, means you did, you know, better work funding. and got some kind of yeah, funding okay. that was on your own. Okay. I, I still, you know, I'm so, a parasite. I rely on people. Rich, um, <laughs> Rich is originally from uh, upstate New York. Shout out to Brockport. Um, and he did his master's and his PhD both at Ohio state in the, 
what de- what department are you guys called now? Uh, human sciences. Your human is what sciences. We're called now, yes, that's your department. Department Human Sciences, uh, which is a huge department, right? Uh, covers everything from like I don't know, okay, fashion design to nutrition, right. Exercise science. So, um, yeah, Human Sciences Department and Program of Kinesiology. Uh, obviously, heavy nutrition emphasis yes. along the way, and <laughs> something we probably won't talk about. Uh, Rich, of what I know about you, um, his doctoral work he did a lot of really cool um mag- mri imaging cardiac mri imaging yeah which is very uh, cool yeah the the tale of how i ended up doing what i do is i guess interesting uh well let's do I, a I share i mean it's it's basically i have a couple focuses and i try to weave them together when possible um back to undergrad i did a project for my like whatever my senior project had to be a research project in my case um I did a military study kind of just investigating wasn't quite CrossFit. It was called, you know, some kind of TC 3.22. It was like a military acronym for like a code, which is kind of like a a high intensity interval type CrossFit training versus kind of the standard calisthenics running that the ROTC kind of had been doing their own investigation. I just collected data for them. Um, So my military interest has always been there and then got to OSU. My research was more cardiac diagnosis like the diagnostic processes associated with gonna, exercise I testing. You, I was going to have you see if you could dig up the images in my heart. You, I can do that. I know. I was going to put them up on the screen. They might be on this computer which is down <laughs> here. Do um, I was one of Rich's test subjects. Yes, you ha- yeah, so yeah. <laughs> it's a good looking heart. Mr. Schill and I go way it's, it's back. It's pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> all right, so undergrad you did some cool military stuff. Um, you would start a grad school at Ohio State. You started doing uh MR cardiac MRI imaging in relation to exercise. And then, mm-hmm. and then, and then what'd you get into? Uh, from there, I've never really dropped off the military interest and, uh, Dr. Volick ended up at OSU and it kind of coincided right as I was switching from masters to PhD focus. Um, and in the, in that kind of transition, he was generous enough to kind of take me under his wing and I've been working with him since, um, and obviously he's low carb ketogenic diets. Yeah. Uh, and if you, uh, if you just Google <laughs> Jeff Volick, yes. uh, just Google him. He's got like 50 books on low carb. I mean, he's a huge, <laughs> great guy, cool guy. And yep. he has a ton of research on low carb. So yes. you started working with him and that's how you got interested in low carb. Correct. Okay. Yes. Uh, there's, and come to find out there are, you know, a lot of people that are interested in low carb, mm-hmm. but there's also, uh, you know, he refers to it as a target rich environment in terms of like almost anything you can think of probably should and needs to be studied sooner than later in low carb. Yeah. Because for a while there, basically when the guidelines kind of came out around 1960, low carb research fell off pretty hard. Right. And it was kind of like, if you were doing low carb research, you're, you know, kind of a heretic and maybe on the outskirts of science, didn't get a lot of funding. Yeah. So you didn't do a lot of research. And as a result, uh, there wasn't a ton going on. There was kind of a dip and, there's a ton of interest now. It's kind of a resurgent. There was kind of like Atkins, if you guys remember. Yeah. From, you yeah. know, 90s, 2000s, early 2000s. Yeah. He's, when you think of low carb, you think of Atkins. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, and he was using low carb and ketogenic type diets to treat people for a long time. And the research has kind of progressed from there. And obviously some of his research and some of his techniques were kind of, you know, messed up along the way in terms of like the tabloids and how you actually do the diet. It's not just meat and cheese you know, pepperoni and pickles. It's like you, you actually eat food and you eat non-starchy veggies and that's probably the more preferred way to do it. Um, and there's a whole, like if within the ketogenic diet, you can do 
like a whole foods based ketogenic yeah. diet where you're doing a really good job. You're getting, you know, working at getting all your or micros. You can do the trash diet. Or eat yes. steak. <laughs> like yes. You should look at his pantry. <laughs> hey, no, 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 no. I was going to bring that up. I'm doing this the right way now. Right. I am. So the taco uh, chips. I got the quest protein chips. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So that there's, yeah. Right. So within that yeah. you can do, so I've had friends that, and I've done keto obviously numerous times. Uh, my wife really likes it. She did it actually for over a year at one point. Oh, nice. Um, Cause she has migraines and like. That's supposed to help with that. It, it and I seemed, get migraines too. Yeah. It seemed to help her tremendously. Um, so, but either way. Um, yeah, you can do the whole foods base, right? With like, you know, there's some, if good. it has a label on it, nutritional facts or anything like that, you don't even bother. Man, there's some good it. questions coming. Really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't want to derail us. So we'll, oh, we'll, cool. we'll work through <laughs> some of these no, questions. So what I'm doing there's now is when I, I've done, this is my second time I'm doing keto right now. I'm making a conscious effort to not go ham, no pun intended on animal products. So okay. like I'm, I'm getting the majority of my fat yep. from nut butters, MCT oil, and mayo. And mayonnaise, which <laughs> okay. is which is not non animal. Yeah, that's, but like, that's a, got some eggs in there. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm, I am trying to not go overboard on animal on products. The protein. Okay. Yes. Well, yes. well, specifically animal products, but but specifically protein because other than like eating fat off of a steak, you're not going to not get protein with some sort of animal fatty product. Yes. Most likely. Yeah. It's hard. That's the biggest. So like when we you know we're coaching people with this all the time in terms of our research participants, and when we're working with them, the first thing we say is like you know here's your carb cap like try to keep your carbs yeah. under this and sometimes there's you know there's some range sometimes it's 20 grams sometimes it's 50 we usually pretty much start like let's shoot for about 40 to 50 grams don't go over that and we'll track your diet for a few days we always use our blood ketone measures yeah. to actually you know oh, kinda, i should have had you bring that i yeah so that would have been interesting to yeah. see and, I, and in fact it, like when you're doing the diet itself depending on your end goal if you're just doing it to like look nice and lose weight um you may not need the blood measures, right. mm -hmm. but the cost of actually doing that is not as high as it used to be. It used to be like $4 per blood per ketone prick. strip yeah. that you, yeah. Um, so that added up a lot, but uh, there's new companies now, Keto, uh, Keto Mojo. There's uh, obviously Abbott makes their precision yeah. devices that you can get. Um, and the strips have come down, like they're in the range of a dollar to $2 for the most part. So, so that helps a lot as well. But basically what we do is, you know, target your carbs first, Get those in, in order, 40 to 50 grams, and then protein. And if you overeat protein, like, it'll knock it you out. It knocks it out, right? Yeah, it'll knock you out yeah. of ketosis, just like overeating really, your carbs. Really? Yes. yes. Oh, wow. I you're, didn't you're, know. Now, am I correct in thinking that your body will just strip off the nitrogen and feed those the protein carbons in through glucose mechanisms? Is that um, what happens? I mean, somewhat, but then also, um, so there's 20 amino acids. or Right. You know, <laughs> um, some of those are kind of like, you know, they incite an insulin response on their own. Yeah. So even if you ate no carbs and you had protein, you're going to have a bigger insulin spike compared to fat. Yeah. For example. So um, I'm going to, I'm going to, I will, I'm playing the part of the, of most of the world and I'm going to ask dumb questions. That's fine. I got, like that. So, uh, so if how, okay. So how, how long, if you start doing the ketogenic diet, how long does it take before it's a great question. Roughly before your body gets into ketosis. That's a great question. That's and a very then, good question. And yeah. then a follow-up would be, I'm in ketosis, got a little drunk, went to Taco Bell. There you go. How ate some carbs. How, yeah. how, 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 what damage does that do? And like, how yeah. long does it take to get back in? Gotcha. Okay. Um, so like any, you know, I guess person 
in science, I'll probably answer that and it'll be like kind of general. So I'll try right, to start right. it's like, it yeah. depends on you and yeah, your environment. All, all the, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the, the, How many days, the, right? <laughs> Give us a number. Come on. Yeah. Stereotypical answer for science is it depends guys. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> basically you're looking at if, for example, like to get into ketosis, to answer yeah. your first question, probably looking at a day to three days really? oh. for, for an insulin sensitive person. So if you're insulin sensitive That's and you're quick. pretty healthy, even an over, I mean, so an overnight fast, for example, if, or if you're doing like time restricted feeding and in, in, intermittent fasting, anything like that, if you were to test, and I, I do intermittent fasting and I'm not necessarily always adhering to the keto necessarily. Like if I want an apple and I have a hard workout coming up or just had an hard work, that apple. I'm going to eat that apple. Eat that apple. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> however, I have, I have done keto and I, I do see the value and I can see where, like if I was yeah. an endurance athlete and I was like. Oh, we're, we're gonna get to this. We're gonna where we will yes. get to backpacking I've, in the yes. kitchen. I've got, I've got I a, promise I, you. I've all. got a. I've got a. We good, gotta lay the foundation. I've got a good it. exercise question in there okay. in here too. But you, okay. yeah, sorry, keep um, going. Yeah, so two or three days if you're insulin sensitive. Uh, we have seen in some cases if you're you know relatively insulin resistant or you're you know a type two diabetic or for maybe you're pre diabetic or you just don't know that you actually have yeah. diabetes at this point in time. We've seen people that struggle. You know, we'll start you at 40, 50 grams of carb and we'll get your protein nice and set to your body weight and get you all squared away. And then we've seen people go a week, maybe even upwards of a week to two weeks before they start consistently hitting, you know, the blood value that we're usually targeting for nutritional ketosis is 0.5 millimolar. So when you're there's, testing that blood ketone, nobody right? listening knows what a millimolar is. Oh, it's yeah, it's <laughs> the fancy measurement. It's, I mean, it's just a unit. It's like, so the numbers you're looking it's, it's for, a, it's the concentration <laughs> of something in your blood. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you can actually express, you know, glucose in millimolar. Yeah, right, right, you can right. express almost anything in millimolar, but so, this is ketones. <laughs> so here's another, okay. I so. want to, I want an answer to the Taco Bell question. Oh yes. Let's say, and let me, let's no, say, no, um, you kind of answered it though. Like if you, if so you are a couple average, days, a couple days to get back in, um, maybe faster so, if you're adapted. Yeah. So if you're adapted and you just have like the one meal, right? So like basically mm-hmm. what you're trying to do is like, you know, you've, you've injured yourself metabolically. Right. Yeah. Let's stop the bleeding immediately. Let's not just be like, well, this day's screwed. Let, you know, let's just, ruin the whole day. We're going to Taco Bell, then we're going to go get some cake, and then we're going to go to, oh, you know, damn, Dairy Queen or something. Damn. Like, let's not keep the train rolling okay. off the tracks. Let's, okay. like, get yeah. it back on. Okay. And so, for your example, in one, you know, one splurge of a meal, great meal, loved it, you get back on track, you probably could, you know, within the next day, by, you know, if, let's say you did that late at night, you said the example was, like, yeah. you're drunk, go right. to Taco Bell. Yep. Okay, so that's Thursday. Friday night, if you've Put yourself back on track. You're good. You're probably going to start seeing those. And it depends on if you're actually blood ketone testing. So like, and if you're not ketone testing, then it's kind of hard to tell like right. you're saying. Um, but yeah, if you've kind of, you're insulin sensitive, you're pretty healthy, get yourself back on track. Probably by Friday at the worst, like Saturday, sometime Saturday morning, possibly you, te- you know, test your blood ketones. We usually do in the morning fasted for all our participants. Um, test your ketones Saturday. You're probably good to go. Um, is does drinking alcohol inherently is that inherently a non ketogenic activity? Um, that's a hard question to answer. There's not like good literature what do you on it. Think? Like our, our yeah, our, what do you an, think? our anecdotal data based on like so like when I did the like I'm not drinking any carbs right now, but yes. my body's metabolizing this alcohol. Correct. Yeah, alcohol so, is a toxin. So your body's like, we got to burn that yeah. crap up and get it out of here. <laughs> Does that knock me out of ketosis? Uh, I don't know the answer. So it would be dependent on the amount of alcohol in this case, especially in this case. So like. For example, like a, you know, like a stout beer. I'm not drinking. Let's say, let's say a keto alcoholic beverage. All right. So yeah, red wine or a, or a high proof, high proof yeah. spirits of yeah. some sort. Um, 
you're probably okay as long as you're keeping it kind of in that moderate like range. I'm not like, like one to two drinks. If okay. you go like three, four, five equivalents of, you know, that's going to screw your, you your up. drink. Okay. Yeah. You're probably going to start messing with your ketones, but yeah, one to two, you're probably good to go. A real stout beer. You could even get away with, I've had anecdotally some friends that have been keto and had two, three Guinnesses, for example, or something mm. like that. And it good? won't quite knock them out okay. of ketosis the next day. Maybe at that one in, you know, right? It's, you know, post dinner time, you're hanging out with some friends or whatever. At that point in time, while you're drinking that, you are probably, maybe your blood ketones aren't great, but you're also probably not testing your ketones. So (laughs) the next morning when you test them again, you might be fine. Okay. Okay. All right. That's good to know. So the, here's, this is another thing that I've, I've heard a lot about like this diet and and, and this can be said for all other diets as well, but Maybe a little bit more so for this one. So if you're just, if, if you don't have the willpower, you're not motivated and you're eating, you know, just this high fat diet, low carb, and then you're cheating all the time, is that doing more damage than maybe eating a little bit cleaner? I've heard a lot of conversation. Yeah, about that's that. an interesting question. That's an interesting question. Um, just because of high fat or is that? So when you say like you're eating, I guess I would probably say, so you can almost think of it like this inverse relationship. So. If you're eating a lot of carbs, probably shouldn't be eating a lot of fat, and that's probably the best way to go. If you're I call, that, a lot the of heart, fat, I call yeah. that the heart attack diet. Yeah. So eat if, a lot of carbs and a lot of fat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you're eating a lot of fat, you probably shouldn't be eating a lot of carbs. And it, you know, it's yeah, kind of this crisscross thing going on. So, so, so it's like it's really like if you if you're gonna try this and you're not gonna stick with it, probably eating all that mayonnaise and and high fat foods. And then cheating all the time is not a good combination. I wouldn't I mean, recommend just, that. No, that's no, just no. eating a yeah. bad diet. No, no, yeah. I know. I just it, like I've heard a lot of conversation about that. It's just like, oh, you know, I'm eating such high fat, low carb, but it's just like oh, I'm drinking beer all the time here and there. That's I'm a also eating bread. That's yeah. a problem. Um, I would, yeah, but I wouldn't recommend you know doing that even if you were right, shooting right. for keto and your carbs were at forty five percent, for example, for the guidelines. I still wouldn't advise eating a high fat then either. So, yeah. um. Mm. Interesting. It's kind of yeah. So like, just do your best to eat clean as much as you can. You got to enjoy some some right. life here. Yeah, right. You got to have a quest cookie or quest Dude, ship here and there. So <laughs> and one thing I want to say is the options for keto substitute foods in terms Ooh. of the, oh, in terms of the food science and engineering aspect, they're way better than they were oh, four or five years yes, ago. You can get keto everything. Yes. Yeah. Even I got like, keto hamburger buns. Oh yeah. Costco everything. Um, what? Oh, we were lagging. I think we're okay. We're good now. I oh. think so. Sorry, everybody, about oh, the lags. You're fine. We're good. We're going. Okay. Right there. Um, all right. So we're going to get into backpacking. I want to start with you talking about why the military is interested in this diet. Sure. And I think that's a good segue into why it okay. would be good yeah. for backpacking. You should put up that slide. That was a cool looking slide. I got it. Whenever it was rich. Tell me what slide. Man. <laughs> uh, you can go to the first slide. Like this is supposed to be. Yeah, that was supposed to be like this a one? geographical one. But yeah, if you want to toss that guy. Okay. Basically. Hold so on. Wait, wait, it's like wait. a sweet it's, MRE. It's not it, on the screen I mean, yet. Yeah. yeah okay. All right. In so, the range of. <laughs> so, Rich, why is the military interested in this diet? So, is this military, the main reason? Part of it's this reason. And this is definitely the, you know, there's resources out there, which I'm sure we'll end up getting to at some point as well. So, um, for the most part, like the, the primary motivator, it probably should be the physiology. But it's not. But, it you know, for the military, they're probably not quite like. We're motivated by the physiology. Maybe some some yeah. individuals, some like high ranking okay. individuals, might be motivated by the physiology of this diet. But for the most part, they're interested in the energy density of fat, basically. Yeah. And okay. a ketogenic diet is going to emphasize fat, which is the most energy dense molecule. So you can fit more calories in less space 
in right. a high fat diet than you can do right. in a, Correct. you know, yeah, in an otherwise low fat diet. So that's the primary interest for the military. They are working very hard to be, basically they're producing this, you know, super easy packable, what they're calling a combat ration. Okay. Um, with the idea that, you know, similar to backpackers, right? You have to pack in your food or either that or you're foraging along the way or some right. stuff. And I don't know if you guys have tried. We eat, some, we eat some berries. We've eaten fish we've caught out there. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So you can do some of that along the way and maybe like I've tried that myself. Not like I'm not an avid backpacker, yeah. but I've definitely like in my high school days, I did a lot of, you know, trips to the Adirondacks and we would go knowing like we have, you know, less than half of the calories we're going to need here. The idea is we're going to catch some stuff. <laughs> we're going to really? find some stuff along the way. And yeah. this was like no more than two nights. So there's like a night or two with the idea that like, you know, once we get the, and it wasn't quite like you're marching through the woods the whole time. It was more like we have to march less than 10 miles to get to where we're going to camp. And we're going to set up camp and then we're just going to hang out. Eventually the hanging out gets, you know, there's not a lot to do. So you end up going fishing. <laughs> Yeah. And then you end up like, hopefully okay. you catch stuff and that ends up being, a, you know, part of your food and, or you're so, fasting. You're just going to have a fasting trip then. Or, or that. Yeah. So, um, just not going to eat for two days. Yeah. So that we've done some trips like that, I guess, uh, me and one of my friends, John. So, uh, and I guess, I guess I've done two or three trips like that. My brother and my cousin has also, they've been involved with trips like that as well. Okay. Um, so you, yeah, you pack not quite what you need and you hope that you catch stuff. And if you don't, that sucks, but it's only a day or two. So you're good. You, you make it back to civilization resupply and you know, hit the, what, <laughs> um, what, so I didn't, I only, I knew this was a, a pro, a obviously yes. pro to a fat heavy diet is reducing the physical volume of food you have. I didn't realize it makes sense that that was the military's angle here. Yes. Yeah. So they, they have the compounded, right? We have to pack all our food right. for possibly a multi-day operation, but then we also have to pack our combat, load as well right. so for you know for a backpacker i was looking up some data here like that's what i'm trained in so i just went to like that the is. boring research studies and looked at stuff um pertaining to this discussion and you know what would you guys say like 50 pounds or less easily for most of your backpacking trips oh, or wait. 30 pounds or yeah less. so i saw like 10 to 35 pounds was like the average right? yeah yeah but definitely less than 50 pounds they're looking at packs that weigh 70 maybe upwards because like ammo 100. and gear absolutely and yeah and i've talked yeah. to you know some of my participants and some of my friends that you know have actual real life experience they don't just do science at osu they actually have you know experience with the military a lot of times like when it comes to like an mre for example think of a shoebox in terms of like the size of an mre yeah oh like, they're that big yes. yeah they're huge. so they'll they'll He's look, at them before yeah i've never a eaten lot. they're they're big um yeah. in terms of like the space they occupy so they'll either field strip, they call it the MRE mm. and they'll just take like what take they want out, out of it yeah. and they'll like cardboard. repackage it to yeah. get it smaller. Um, or they'll just not pack as many. Cause if you have to pick between like, you're not going to throw your freaking like cosmic brownie at somebody, you need more ammo in your mission. I mean, three, three MREs <laughs> like as like the volume of like this by like this. Oh yeah. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, maybe, maybe a shoe box is, you know, I have small yeah. feet. I'm a tiny person, but you know, like a half a shoe. Shoe box. boxes are all the same size, regardless of what size shoe you buy, Rich. No way. <laughs> no, that's where's the difference. Maybe no, that's, that's probably not no true. Way. That's, that's probably not, not true. true. I want to see the um, shoe box associated right. with Shaquille okay. O'Neal's shoes. So, now. all right. So, but I do think, and I want you to talk about there are physiological benefits to the ketogenic diet that the military is interested in. Okay. What are they? 
So, I mean, so obviously the first one, and I don't know if this may, you know, maybe triggering to some people, but we considered like someone that's on a low carb Trigger. or a ketogenic diet, they are usually associated with a little bit leaner phenotype. Okay. And that tends to be known so because they're, they're skinnier. Yes. Okay. And they, they're more so, active. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, possibly more active. So possibly. another angle is let's get our, let's get our soldiers leaner. Yes. That's so, so like you're carrying this huge pack. The fat does nothing for you. Why carry that crap around? Like on your body? Um, yes. Okay. Correct. Yeah. So why carry more fat? than You're going to need some, you know, it's, you need it. But why be 22%? So if you're a male, why be 22% body fat when you could just follow this diet? And that's, you know, the fat is just one thing. Like in terms of the fat added post tissue on the body is one thing, but then the other benefits of the diet could be another, obviously. Um, but why be 22% fat, carry all that fat when you sh- probably should be more like, somewhere in the range of 10 to 15% body fat as a soldier, as a soldier. Yeah. So that's less weight you're carrying on, you know, in terms of like what you have to move around all day. That's a backpacking pro as well. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. The power to weight ratio yep. is kind of what comes up in the literature along the lines of that. Um, so that's one, the other one. So if you think about you guys, I'm sure have been, you know, what we would consider carb adapted folk. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> sure. Yep. For most sure of your have. lives. Most most lives. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. So um, when you're, basically carb adapted, you're going to need a meal and your blood glucose is going to kind of right. dictate that. This is and what it's, I wanted you to talk yeah, about. It's going to be every two to three hours. So you're probably going to kind of feel a little bit like, eh, I need something. Especially if you're out there being yes. active. Oh, and you're at, yeah, yeah. And you're working and you're, so when you're carb adapted or you're eating a higher carb diet, your body is like tuned into carbs. Like I burn carbs. That's what they feed me. I like doing that. Right. When you're keto or you're low carb or you're a high fat diet kind of rationale or some kind of paradigm where you're emphasizing fat as your fuel macro, you're going to be tuned into fat. So you're going to be able to burn fat a little bit more readily. So for a military, for the same thing, like, you know, you're packing a lot and you're going on this multi-day mission. You don't know when you'll be able to resupply. You don't know what the hell will happen out there. Um, in some cases, similar to backpacking. Yeah. You may be out there for a few days. You don't really intend to see, you know, humans or grocery stores for an extended amount of time. If you're, for some reason, your availability of food falls off and you don't have time to eat or you lost your food (laughs) or whatever the case may be, this diet helps you already like kind of be in the kind of physiological space. So you don't get that hunger. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, I wanted you to talk about, you don't have to eat as you you did talk about, you don't have to eat as often throughout the day. You you definitely don't feel as if you do. Correct. So so for what most people describe this as like in terms of the ketogenic diet. Um, it's got this satiety thing, which kind of is this double-edged sword, which I kind of wrote down here. Um, for backpackers, a lot of times, like when you go backpacking, you accumulate a caloric deficit for a lot sure. of cases. Yep. Like, and the average I saw was it's huge, pretty significant. Yeah. Like in the it's range huge. of fifteen hundred to like for 20, sure. to twenty seven hundred calories a day is Easily. your deficit. I mean, you're um, burning five to six thousand calories. Correct. A day. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it seems like from the literature, you're not eating that. <laughs> no, it seems like three to four thousand is at best yeah. is what you're eating. So, um, what I've basically kind of seen is that like if you're already in that new, you know, that metabolic space where you're already emphasizing fat as a fuel. For example, can we assume Andy that you're? Yeah, he's a Mick. He's a standard American, but yeah, he, eats, you're, you're, he eats very clean. Yes, though. you're I clean, eat, but you're a carb adapted. He eats very individual. clean. Correct. Yeah, I, yeah. I eat pretty. I eat pretty low carb, except for like, I don't know, you know, like one day, like last night, we had North Star, and I had a wrap. Okay. Yeah. So, so other than that, I eat pretty I mean, clean. And it, it doesn't make any, you know, really. But I'm definitely, yeah. I'm definitely carb adapted. Yeah, for sure. So, <laughs> at some point, like let's say we just cut your food off now, 
Yeah. You're going to definitely feel it around three, four hours. So, but then around eight, 10 hours, you're going to be making this switch where your body's like, oh, I'm going to now try to emphasize fat because that's what I have more available. Right. And you, you feel it in terms of like if you're a military, your accuracy, your precision, your thought process. Like all those parameters like go all down. Those, yeah, you need to be like peaked all the time when you're a military, possibly on a dangerous mission. I would say for backpacking, um, you do kind of too. In some cases, yeah. And that, I'm trying to draw this analog between like the military yeah. and the backpacking community. While the risk of death is, you know, significantly lower. And right. we can all probably agree upon the backpacker isn't quite at risk. Correct. As much. Um, there is a risk. And you're definitely not like, you know, chilling in... Westerville or Grandview or right. Columbus, Ohio, you're right. like, you're out in the woods, right. like things yeah. happen and mm-hmm. you are not quite as in control anymore. You know, what's interesting though, is on the weekends, I typically only eat three meals for two days. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Like I eat one meal on Sunday. Like I haven't eaten today and I'm going to go after this and go running and I'm fine. I, I have no, I have no hunger and then I'll eat, I'll eat dinner. And then on Saturdays, usually I have like, I'll, I'll, I'll lift and then I'll eat a little bit of protein, like some eggs, and then I'll eat a big dinner. And that's it. So you, yeah, you're probably... He's a tweener. And you're I'm probably... Tweener. In the, well, I mean, so, yeah, there's this whole, like, because you can adapt, like, the macros of your yeah. food. That's keto. You can adapt to macros or any other dietary paradigm where you're controlling the macros. Yeah. You can also d- adapt the schedule or the time range of your food. Right. So without, you know, you can be an intermittent faster or a yeah. time-restricted feeder, as they say. I Yeah, I just don't... I'm, I'm not hungry. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, That's but, interesting. Yeah. But during during yeah during the week, I'll eat I'll eat two solid meals a day. Yeah. Um. So, I I yeah. So I was thinking like from a backpacking standpoint, one you can pack less vol- less physical volume of food. Mm-hmm. True. Yep. Two, you're you can you can in theory not have to worry about eating every one to two hours while you're backpacking. Yeah, theoretically, you could eat less often. Right. Um, you still need to eat the same amount. Yes, yeah, so you still should get the calories, or at least to try to, and that's part of that double-edged sword, because yeah. you're going to likely feel a little bit fuller if you guys have ever eaten like a high-fat meal. Yeah. You'll oh, probably yeah. feel oh. fuller longer, that kind of thing. Yeah, um, for sure. So you kind of have to, in some cases, combat that if you're applying this to ketogenic right, right, you know, right. backpacking. Um, um, so here's so this is well, why I wanted... Hold on, one question, though. So in, in your studies with the military, and this comment was made in the chat, and I... I see this all as well. Why are they doing more like research around like dehydrating their MREs or freeze drying it? I've seen MREs with freeze dried food in it, mm-hmm. but like, why, like if they're concerned about weight and volume, why don't they start doing that? They, uh, so like if you have that slide there, they are doing exactly that. And these aren't necessarily, I'm not saying that these are ketogenic shelf stable, compressed salad. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> have so, you tasted these? I have not tried these. But so like, so this is happening in, you know, Natick, like the U S Arium. So, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. so this is, you know, in some cases still under development. If you like kind of read the labels there, there's like a, a cheese in curd. Here? Yeah. It's like a cheese curd thing. That top middle thing. I don't know. Oh, what are some, yeah. What are some common foods that they're experimenting? experimenting I with. I think they're this trying thing? to do, you know, their best. Yeah. So like, is this the low carb? Is this the keto? Well, so, outfit? so that's the thing. It's, I don't think they're going for keto. I'm not saying that they're interested in keto. I'm saying they're, they they're just emphasizing want, okay, okay, fat okay. and okay. their low volume okay. food packages. Ooh, that they're a coming dessert together. bar. Yes. So I'm not saying they're trying to make some carbs in here. Yeah. 
Well, no, um, are those nuts. I mean that that blue thing. I like that an M&M? would, I imagine that's an M M&M, and okay. that might be an orange one. So I would imagine those are M and M's. Okay. Um, and I'm not saying they're trying to go keto necessarily, but just higher you know, fat, higher fat, just in for, order to get the calories. Right. So what what is, is this? Is this so what they're I believe going that's for? blueberries and bananas. Oh, that's so they made like a keto. bar. Yeah. that's not keto. So it, yeah, but like the salad bar thing. <laughs> I'm telling you, what, <laughs> it cannot it, it cannot there's look no like that. There's no way. There's no way. Yes. Let's get out of here. <laughs> They're saying that based on what can I we read. Get, can you get us some of those? I I don't think I can. I can try. <laughs> That's so, so with all of my dealings with the military, it's you know I've not <laughs> been to Natick. I've not been able to interact. Other what, than what it, is I, Natick? I, I like, so Natick is it's basically like the base or the area where they have this you know food like where the military does their nutrition area. science yeah, their research. Nutrition science it's called Natick. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> So that looks so I've yes, my understanding <laughs> shelf, is it's shelf stable, compressed. Yes. Well, it's it's microwave uh. dehydrated. I don't know about microwave dehydration, but it, I remember when I was reading about that, it's microwave dehydrated, and if you basically rehydrate it, put it in oh. some water, it will expand. Oh, that's into what a, you do with this. Theoretically, so it'll just, expand <laughs> into a salad. It expands into a salad from Panera, which no, is what that salad no, looks like. No way. I don't know for sure. <laughs> But that's that's what they're wow. working on. That's what they're working on. Which I mean, I I commend them because like this is some Clark Griswold, yeah. Griswold stuff. <laughs> that is whole food, and I'm I'm a big fan. That no, whole I mean food I, products, I, yeah, and that they're able to like yeah. make them shelf stable. That's much better so, than but my MRE experience has been like it's pasta, cosmic brownies, yeah. and like a side of M and M's, and then like some weird meat conglomerate. Yeah, but it's just like, like if they're going for if they're going for calories and fat, you think they would throw the salad to the. Fu- you know, right. put yeah, a bunch true. of almonds in there. Yes, but you need the micros. So if you don't yeah, have okay. micronutrients, sure you, you have a hard vegetables. time doing much of anything in terms of a long-term right. diet. Just give a daily vitamin dose and an MRE. That, that could be an option, but yeah. and I don't know why they've not explored that. I would imagine they've sure thought they of have. it. I'm sure they have. Yeah, but I, I, don't, I haven't heard of it um, necessarily. So this, awesome. this brings up a good point. Um, so one of the big problems with this <laughs> diet for backpacking, yes. in fact... I would say it's the main problem. The problem, okay, is the same thing the military probably has. The food available, correct. The storage, right, and the, transport. The no, I mean like yes, but the food you can buy that is backpacking food mm-hmm. is all carbs. Um, in right? terms of like what, like Mountain House, that yes. kind of yeah. stuff. Yes. I would like you to go. Which slide? This, oh. this is like towards the bottom. Okay. Oh. I didn't know this would be new information. So go up one more slide, please, if you don't mind. So I'll um, zoom out. It's not on the screen yet. Yeah. So okay. there is a both a website oh, and a shit. book. So Brian Ossenheiler on, wait, is wait, his wait, name. Wait, wait. Oh God. <laughs> Sorry, dude. That's no, fine. <laughs> you can hit the far right little deal. It might this one, expand right? it. No, the far right will ex- at least expand it so that you can still you know wait far right this? little square with the oh, arrows. Oh, so that, oh, that okay. I'll show you like the whole slide and then you can uh-huh. still I should see go full. all the other Is this guys. full screen? No, but you can go. I mean, if you want the to, next it's, one over. it's oh, like the next better. This two or three. Because this is better for, um, the, for the viewers. But basically, so this fella has a book. Um, his website is actually, it's pretty good. It's well put together for the most part in okay. terms of like the website. and what, He has some recipes. Um, I did key on, on uh, at least one. There's obviously some, and I would recommend if anyone's interested <laughs> in ketogenic backpacking, um, I'm kind of like, you know, I study ketogenic diets. I studied some diabetic stuff. I do cardiac imaging research and I've done some military stuff, but I have never embarked on a scientific experiment or have like this firsthand experience 
with the ketogenic backpacking world like I this don't, fella does. I don't, it, does, he, does he research it at a, like, um, a university so, level? I mean, it's like, it's like and, well, he has some university experience okay. in terms of like research. And I think technically okay. he's are like... Are the slides beneath... Are this like if I keep clicking um, through? The next it? one is one that I was going to touch on. So basically he uh, provides... so he, And he does know what he's talking about, it seems like, for the most part. I Buffalo have, butter. What I, am I yeah. looking at? So I have not bought his book. Um, I did try to Instagram message him. I don't know if you're seeing this, uh, Brian, but if you do, like, it'd be cool to communicate. So please message me base, back. Fat-based <laughs> fat um, tea. Yeah. So, and we used to do this with our participants and especially like, so with the military, like we had a training intervention going on. We yeah. don't, we kind of just recommend like eat a little bit more salt. So one, that's another one, thing. One caveat with the ketogenic diet is, um, you know, the recommended salt intake for the normal human is 2,300 milligrams for the most part. Um, if you're not hypotensive and stuff. So either way, uh, we're going to recommend generally with keto that you're probably consuming upwards of three grams or 3000 milligrams. So you're definitely like your lower area target range that you're looking for is higher than what they would recommend. And most Americans probably people, hit this anyways. Do you want to tell people why? I know why, but you should tell people you why. You should tell people why. You know stuff. I don't, I don't yeah, have to Yeah, but you're the expert. I know, but... I mean, actually, I don't, this is what I have I, no this idea is what why I, this is what I think. Well, you tell yeah. me if it's right. So I'm a, I think expert is a term that's been used too frequently. You have a PhD, so I feel comfortable. Well, I know, but I think you. that the word expert has been used too frequently in so our society. I've been told, <laughs> I've been told at least during, I, I guess this only applies to the initial stages of adapting to the diet is you're, you're, you're basically eliminating your internal glucose stores. And with that, comes the internal water storage and so you're losing electrolytes by peeing out all that water when you're eliminating those internal glucose stores um that that might be the case for we no uh, no so, <laughs> so tell me i'm wrong i'm, I'm not saying necessarily that you're wrong you definitely probably would be kind of burning through some glucose but i'm not sure that you're necessarily you know you might be peeing out a little bit more because now you've got some, you know, if you, fat if you Google going on. ketogenic diet, yes. a lot of people will say you're going to pee more the first couple of days. You likely were. And the reason you need salt is more because, because you are, you know, excreting more, you tend to become hypovolemic. It's okay. It's roundabout what you're saying that, but I'm not sure it's because you're peeing out more glucose. You're definitely going to possibly eliminate more fluid and you're likely going to eliminate more salt. That's so, what that's what I'm saying. Yes. Okay. So as you eliminate more salt and as your kidneys kind of filter out and kind of tend to not be so as you're, you know, I'm not like a nephrologist <laughs> in terms of like, you know, yeah. you know, renal function and that kind of type stuff, but uh as you pee out more salt, it's kind of related to like as you're metabolizing ketones and your body sees the ketones coming through and your kidneys kind of like we can get rid of some salt here and there a little bit more so than when you're not Keto, okay. Basically, okay. so you're you're basically eliminating more salt, so you need to replenish more salt. If you want to think of it, you know, very kind of low level, as you pee out more so salt or sodium, you should replenish more in right. your diet. And it's a it's a whole different dietary paradigm than the guidelines. Um, we've kind of seen this, you know, even in some metabolically less healthy people with hypertension or diabetics or that kind of thing. We have seen that you still need to elevate your sodium intake. It may not be, you know. The range we usually give people is like somewhere in the range of three to four or maybe even three to five grams okay. a day rather than the 2.3 grams a day they recommend. Okay. Um, Most people probably don't have any problem hitting that. No. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Most Americans already hit. Yeah. But what happens is for a lot of people when they cut, you know, the carbs, yeah. they cut the processed food and a right. lot of sodium comes from processed food. So if you're emphasizing, like if you eat a salad two or three times a day or you're eating a ton of non-starchy vegetables without a label that weren't pre-processed, They've not been pumped up with sodium. So you actually like you actively coach people 
on adding in sodium. Um, so like this, you know, this, that's what, what the that? mayonnaise is for. Uh, some cases. Well, it's <laughs> like you see all those people that do the carnivore diet, and they're just like they're just constantly like drinking. I try. I, I drank. Uh, well. I drank. This is a shout out to Kathy. Uh, I drank um, chicken broth first yes. few days. Oh, absolutely. So and, uh, I, and I and all throughout the first week or two, all during the day, I was drinking Mio with electrolytes in it mm-hmm. all day. So I was like trying to combat yep. that. Yeah, and we've recommended you know or kind of coached people on things a range of things. We've made. Um, electrolyte gummies for the for our participants cool. in that military study because like not everyone some people you know they are a little bit less affected by it than others the, yeah the hypovolemia um, as it were but some like would get nauseous or they wouldn't even be able to complete their training because they would just feel like garbage and that kind of thing so we would like provide them it was usually it was a combination of you know like chicken broth or beef broth it was high sodium um, a little bit of lemon. We'd like give them this drink, kind of like this fella's recommended here. Um, he's got this buffalo butter tea. So it's, you know, it's tea, but it's got some fat source in it. And then he also includes um, some other things. And you can include specifically some What some is salt. what? Do you know what buffalo butter is? It's buffalo. It's butter made from there's, buffalo. There's no way. Milk. Well, buffalo I'm milk. trying to figure out if this would actually taste good. And, and I don't know for sure That's, that it tastes good. You know, I haven't like, tested it. I mean, but it's like. Bring out some MCT oil yes. capsules or something. Like, don't. I, Maybe I don't this know. is cheaper. Well, in terms be. of dissolving the salt and getting the salt down and hydrating, it's, oh, it's a very efficient okay. way to do it. So, um, um, ooh, what do you got here? So there. So so that's like that's one entity. He has like a book. So for like the knowledge area. Okay. In terms okay. of ketogenic okay. backpacking. Okay. Uh, not only is there a website, there's a book, and then there's also like he has some recipes and kind of, you know, why consider keto. Okay. Um, he talks about Iditarod dogs and that's kind of actually he's cites Dr. Volick. <laughs> okay. In a lot of cases. Are there any other like reasons for doing backpacking in a ketogenic state that we haven't touched on that you want to, that um, he talks about that we're missing? So I think we, we got basically the, um, so you can pack less food, volume of food, pack less food. You can, you don't well, have to pack less volume. Yeah. Less volume. You're not taking say. less calories. Yeah. That's not the goal. <laughs> yeah. You can take like your food bag will be smaller. That's the, yeah, that's what you're shooting for. You can potentially not have to eat. You're still eating the same amount of calories, but you don't need to worry about trying to eat every like one to two hours. Yes. You won't feel lethargic or, you know, if you kind of like while you're exercising a lot and like you're kind of, you know, moving through the woods and things. um, I don't know if there's any GI upset with that or you have to be like, Careful about what you're eating on the move because I know with, can. Ul- with yeah. ultra marathoners or marathoners, oh, yeah. poop yourself. So, yeah, yes. poop yourself. And yeah. I, I did see. Yeah. So I, I, you know, nerd. So I went into the research and like the two issues with backpacking research, and obviously they need more research. There's like five studies that I saw that were actually useful. Yeah. Um, you have a calorie intake issue where uh-huh. there's you know deficit every day basically, and it compiles over time. Um. And then you also have like a hydration issue. Uh-huh. You have to address both of those. And then for the most part, like those are the two main. There are some other things that you factor in along the way, but that's probably not in my realm of talk. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So like in that case, the hydration stuff would be affected by this as well. Um, that's a good point. That's but, a good point. Um, but the, yeah, the, the accessibility to fat stores and you have... Huge fat, got a lot of fat. So even a, a fat skinny, stores. even a skinny person's got a lot even of a fat. skinny. Yeah. Even a skinny person has you know, tens of thousands, possibly hundred thousand calories worth of stored fat on the body can sustain you for a month or more. Right. Um, if you were to compare that to glycogen stores on the body, you have approximately 2000 
calories. That's not much. That is while you're backpacking through the woods. That is, you um, know, you're gonna burn. That's a half day of a you. Uh, you bring up a good point, and you know, this doesn't apply to a like weekend warrior backpackers, but people that are. And we talked about this a little bit. Like when you go out on even a three four day backpacking trip, and then all the way to people who are through hiking like months, uh, you are living your life in a calorically restricted state. I mean, permanently yep. almost. Yeah. And it's probably better to do in a ketogenic state than a regular glucose burning state. You're. Is that a fair statement? You're going to feel better. You're, right? So you, you may not feel as crappy, assuming you're not hypovolemic. And right, you're doing, right, right. You're assuming doing you're, drink, you're drinking water yeah. and you're getting electrolytes. Yeah. Assuming your hydration's good and everything else is normal. Which for people just hiking. The two diets, forget, yes. For people hiking, especially like through hiking, stuff like that, they're probably going to have water. And they're probably going to have electrolytes. Okay. Yeah. So I would think, I never thought about this. I would think they would feel better being at this calorically restricted state in a ketogenic diet than a non-ketogenic diet. You're going to likely have more ready access to your fat stores if you're keto if than if you're not. Right. And basically all that means is, you know, if you're not keto adapted and you're not eating enough and you have those caloric deficits, you're going to feel them more. You're right. just going to like kind of be this lethargic You feel thing. like ass. Yeah. You yeah. may not feel great. Versus like with the keto thing, like you've, you're, you know, metabolic machinery for lack of a better way of describing it. Like your mitochondria and all that stuff. Like it's kind of tuned into like, where's the fat? I can find it. I can mobilize it and I can burn it. Versus like for someone that's carb adapted, you're going to have to like now switch. And that happens with ultra marathoners. Like in terms of like, you know, the, the bonking as they say, right. Where they, aren't fueling enough and they've now run for whatever it is, 10, 12 hours, 24 hours, whatever an ultra marathon, you know, depending on what the distance is that they're going, they will at some point, if they've not fueled well, they will bonk. They will run out of glycogen stores and they will right. forcibly make the transition to a fat metabolism. Cause they have, so, to. so it happens yes. that quick. I mean, it can happen acutely, Yeah, but basically they will possibly lose some lucidity in terms of like their thought processes. They have to have people run with them to keep them on the trail because yeah. they'll lose it and they'll just like, Go yeah. off into the woods. And you don't want that happening when you're backpacking. <laughs> no. Um, so, like, you'll maybe not feel as poor yeah. as you would otherwise if you're in that um, deficit. Uh, so, uh, Courtney DeWalter talks about that. Oh, yeah. There's the ultra marathoners. The, they, they're, they're just like, weird. Yeah, they're they just like, I don't know where weird. I was. Yeah, see? Yeah. So, um, um, hold on a second. The Do keto you, people don't usually feel that as. That makes sense. Yeah. I just, I want to address a question. It's, 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 Kind of off topic, but somebody asked and I thought it was a good question. And it says, can a high weight person start to do high intensity exercise with a diet without hurting their heart and or body? Oh, um, that's an interesting one. So, right, so a high weight person doing high intensity? Yeah. Okay. High on a diet without hurting their heart, their heart and or body. Uh. I guess the short answer is... It depends. I, yeah, 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 no, you could, that obviously, can't be the answer. No, I mean, yeah. obviously, obviously, it depends. It depends. <laughs> but I would probably say, like, short answer is yes, but it's going to, you know, the range of opportunities to exercise in that way for this person are going to be less. So, and they've done studies where, like, you know, comparing, like, the long, slow, boring, you know, 30-plus minutes of just running at... That's my jam. Yeah, running at six miles an hour or cycling at like, yeah. you know, 100 watts, 125 watts. They've done those studies compared to like the interval sprints yeah. cycling. Yeah. And that's kind of what I'm thinking for this individual. If, if you want to do this, there's no reason you can't. 
And so, so be like a low impact, high intensity. I would probably start there. Um, there's a there's a ton of caveats. Like so, yeah. <laughs> you need to, you need to get with a doc, like you need to have um, a, you, you, you need to be with, like you need to be working with a doctor. That, <laughs> I, yeah, like in terms yeah in terms of like I don't. That's like, funny. Are you overweight, but also have like a bunch of medical conditions associated with your overweight, or are you, are you just a little bit overweight? Yeah. And so if you're just a little bit overweight, and you want to start doing some high intensity interval training. I, I would say like, you know, it's been done. It can be done safely. Obviously you can't be completely stupid about it. You yeah. gotta be a little bit smart about what you're doing. I wouldn't start and just, you know, go hit a bunch of like super intense um, crossfit just go, workouts. Yeah, just go into just go go to a crossfit yeah. class. So yeah. Olympic powerlifting uh, immediately. Yeah. I would like there's some onboarding processes depending on your training. So I would say like work yourself up to a training status okay. in that some capacity, sense. at least where you feel comfortable. But like the high intensity interval stuff, you could still probably do in this scenario on a cycle. You're probably not going to hurt your heart and you're probably likely not going to hurt your body if you just stay with the cycle. Now, if you're trying to do like the CrossFit style stuff and you're overweight and you're, you're now asking the question, am I going to hurt my heart? Am I going to hurt my body? I would, I would anticipate there's probably something else going on. That's not just overweight. There might be a, a, a clinical thing going on. I wouldn't start with that. I wouldn't start with yeah. the high impact stuff. I wouldn't start with like the, so the five Olympic eight, lifting. Five, eight, two, ninety. Five, eight, two, ninety. Start with start with some cycling intervals. Um, yeah, but it's like five eight two ninety, of like a body fat percentage that's like thirty plus, or oh. five eight two ninety that's like a body fat percentage of twelve percent. Because that's a different know. person. Edwin, I appreciate you being transparent. Yeah, this Edwin, is, that is very solid kind. question. Yeah. So and yeah, so and I'm happy to like I, I want to help whoever this individual is, um, but I don't want to also you know put them set them up for failure or right. injury or any kind right. of other problem. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think in terms of like doing that type of stuff, you could. You could go for it, but I'd start maybe with a cycle and kind of work your way up to like doing maybe more of the high impact stuff. Would you, would you start doing the high impact stuff after you drop some weight or just getting your body like adapted to exercise? Uh, I would, yeah. So if I had to pick between the two, I'd probably start by like you're, you're, you may be still overweight. You may have lost a little bit, but I'm not saying you need to like, you know, become normally weighted to do this yeah. stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. You could. Once you're adapted to exercise and you're doing some more of that, then I would say start adding some of that high intensity, you know, high impact stuff in. High um, fat ratio is what Edwin's saying. He said he's not oh. a, he's not a football player, but he's yeah. a high, oh, high, high fat high ratio. fat ratio. Okay, high yeah. Fat. Okay. Um, so, yeah. What what exercise would you recommend for this person if it was high intensity? You think like, like intervals a, on a bike or intervals would, on an elliptical or something? Yeah, I would start something a little bit low impact. Yeah, like okay. you're saying, like I would start probably more bike, more elliptical, end up adding in some, you know, you what, can do some stuff running, you know, either I, not, treadmills in uh, high interval. Treadmills stuff. pretty high impact. Yeah, it's high impact. But then also treadmills are like, I would, Jesus, I would say they're more dangerous than just running high. Like yeah, go sprint yeah, outside. outside. I would say they're more. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd probably maybe like transition from like, you know, bike, elliptical, get outside, do some hill sprints, get outside some, like, you know, you can do some burpees. You can, you can do some yeah. of that type of stuff and it, it's not going to, you know, you're not going to smash yourself um, in the so face with a barbell. Ed, Edwin also says he, uh, worried about getting my heart rate up higher than max, which I can do easier than I'd like. Higher than max. Um, higher you, than max age predicted. Probably. Yeah. I would assume that's so this age is. predicted is plus or minus 12 beats. So I don't know how old Edwin is. And Rich is referring to the equation that's 220 minus your age. Yes. Is your age predicted max heart rate? Yeah, good call, Kev. Got that. (laughs) Um, Uh, Yeah, so if, you know, he might be able to get, I've seen people that are, you know, mid-20s, almost 30, 
pushing heart rates that are what, over wh- two ten, and that's mine, not supposed higher, to happen. Mine's yeah. what, what's a good good. Um, what's a good like like is there like maybe a way you would recommend like let's say you get on an elliptical or a bike of like if you want to do like a high intensity like just set up just very basic like five minutes push it one minute cool down or like is there some type of strategy that's a high work to rest ratio yeah Yeah, see this is why this is why (laughs) this is why you're here the ideal is so so in this case like i'd probably start maybe going in terms of work to rest ratio more like a you know a three to one or a two to one so like flip that sorry one to two one to three right so like if you're you're on for 30 seconds you're off for at least a minute maybe even you know 90 seconds or two minutes and kind of work at that and you can you know you can expand the work area so like if you know rather than a 30 second sprint you can expand that to maybe two minutes and then take at least four or five minutes off and like and i would maybe kind of mix and match those for a while so um but the the research on that for sure in terms of like i can see why he's interested in this like the high intensity interval stuff let's say you only have you know 20 30 minutes you can do it yeah working at like this flat heart rate of 140 right or you can do it doing some high intensity interval stuff you never stop moving per se let's yeah. say you know you're gonna go on a cycle you're gonna go like let's go shoot for like 300 watts go and hit that for like 10 seconds 30 seconds somewhere in there at least shoot for something in that range maybe then you know 60 90 seconds where you're gonna bring it down 75 100 watts don't stop moving but in that span of like 30 minutes if you're doing that high intensity interval where you have you know work and rest work and rest they've seen that that's a little bit more effective at a lot of stuff like the, the clinical related stuff, blood biomarker stuff. But they've also seen that if you're doing that, um, I think this, you know, I don't know the exact research offhand, but it ranges from like, you know, four weeks of doing this type of thing to like 10 weeks of doing this type of thing. And some of it can be progressive where the work to rest ratios kind of shrink in over the course of time. Um, it's been, it's very effective. And I think in some cases it's more effective than this continuous like let's just work uh, kind of hard this for question a while. Is, so is a great segue hold on hold on about. so edwin's 32 is max heart rate is is 170 180 ish okay said um real quick before we move on to uh lisa at said i'm having trouble finding electrolyte product without artificial sweeteners any recommendations good question that is a great question um so beef bro- when, beef broth yes yeah, so when we've done <laughs> this bouillon cubes we've we've done all, yeah so we've done yeah, in our in in our experiences, we've done like in terms of like also cost efficiency. Yeah, um, they have a Morton Light, call it Mort- they, like salt? salt. Yes, Morton Light. Um, okay, we've used that, so it's instead of just being like standard NaCl salt, <laughs> it's got also some potassium, some magnesium think, in there. I think it's I think it's fifty fifty of NaCl, and it's also got a potassium blend. Either either way, uh, they have like the standard Morton salt. You can buy it, it's a little you know cylinder. Um, also Morton light we've used, so we don't usually go for like a ton of like the Mio's and stuff. Although yeah, you can do that. That's what I use. Um, if you're worried lot. about the artificial sweeteners or you want to eliminate those, we've literally made these things out of, which also has artificial sweeteners. <laughs> it's, uh, we've made like the gummies, for example, for our participants. Yeah. That, like, they didn't like the drink. They didn't like the bouillon cube plus the lemon plus, you know, just yeah. some what, hot water. What's the ratio of like salt to water or um, what percentage of a of the beverage should be salt. Oh, that's an interesting. Like a, um, like, like a three, teaspoon, three four percent. Yeah. So we we were doing it. I think. I mean, when we were doing it, we were making it, and we recommended them. I'm pretty sure we were just using like one bouillon cube. Okay, that's got is a how, lot of salt. Is how we usually recommended it, and we'd say like you could make you know, 
24 ounces. And maybe that lasts you the day. Maybe you have a couple of those, like, a you know, a couple 12 ounces. Russian bouillon cubes yeah. in between classes. <laughs> I mean, so... Uh, we had a Sup friend. Guys, that, yeah. I just gotta have my beef broth here. <laughs> we had a friend in grad school. I don't know if you were present for this, but he he attempted to eat a dry bouillon cube. Oh, oh. oh. <laughs> he was, was not around for he that. He was doing keto. Well, he was After doing my time. He was doing keto, or at least he was. You know, he was making his best attempt at it, and he was like, oh, "I feel like garbage, and I want some salt or yeah. whatever." So he he just hit the mayonnaise, dude. He just yeah, he just. Hit the crushed a hard, he crushed a dry balloon no, cube. Mayonnaise, <laughs> mayonnaise has got the sodium. It's got the fat. Yeah. Put a little salami on there. Yeah, or salt. I mean, like, and you can accumulate quite a bit if, like, if you're using salted butter or you're adding yeah. salt to every meal. You can accumulate quite a bit. The, the The kind of bolus that we're talking about here is usually, like, you know, a non-keto person will have their, like, pre-workout drink. Right. Right? This is kind of what we, like, for those that were affected by this hypovolemia or felt kind of nauseous or would end up not making it through a workout. When we noticed that in the individual, we adjusted by giving them this, like, you know, this tea, like this, you know, this Buffalo <laughs> tea that he's kind of talking about. You gave this to people? Not this. I but didn't some, know this existed. But something this like is, this? Yeah. This, so like we were collecting this data, you know, 2016, yeah, yeah, 2017. Yeah. yeah. There was a little bit collected maybe in 2018, but, uh, so his, I don't know when this, I guess came out when his probably after I, that. Yes. I think it was after the case. Like, so in that's kind of, it touches on, you already hit it, but like even across our study, as we were collecting data over like a year and a half, two years, the amount of products from like day one, oh, we like, we need to like get these like, so like moon cheese. It's exists. never been easier yeah. to do keto. Yeah. yeah. Moon cheese is really good. The cheese whisk, both of these are available at Costco. They are not cheap. They're like $10 oh. for like a, you know, a bag that you're disappointed by. Um, <laughs> But they are, you know, they're they're keto friendly. They're already dried. They pack well. They're, you know, shelf stable. Yeah. Like Trader Joe's has a version of that too. Correct. It's a lot cheaper. Yes. Um. Yeah. So, like, the products that they have now are, you know, they're there. Um. And in terms of like the yeah, this bolus, like dissolving a bouillon cube in you know twelve to sixteen ounces of fluid, and maybe including some like lemon or some tea for flavoring or something like that. We kind of viewed this more as like a pre workout if you had symptoms or signs of problems along the way if it like we had plenty of participants that were able to get enough salt within their diet and we just said like you know add non add salted butter and we we provided food to a lot of them but some of them enjoyed cooking so we would like just buy them the groceries and they would add stuff on their own and they cook their own oh, stuff I see. and they didn't have any problem hitting their salt things and their training was fine they're you know and you can tell and I, I recommend like you can do keto and you can be sedentary and that's fine um but i think in some cases like if you're not going to test your blood and all that kind of stuff, the first time you're going to notice there's a problem is going to be associated with your training. Like yeah. you may not notice sedentary that you're kind of like not doing the best on your diet, but as soon as you go exercise, if you're, you're feeling feel sluggish it. or having a problem, like you probably know that you're kind of in this no man's land where you're not quite keto. You're kind of low carb, but you're, you know, your body is, yeah, hasn't your body switched. doesn't know. Like, yeah. So, um, there, there is some, you know, value I, uh, in the training aspect I've of it been as well. Specifically, my my last runs, I've been specifically running fasted and at a slower intensity. And this gets into what I want to talk about mm -hmm. to like induce ketosis in a, in a. Is that is that the right thing to do? So there's there's many ways to induce ketosis. Obviously, the but most like way. I'm going to run anyway. Yes. So I figured running slower and fasted was a better way to induce ketosis. Um, True or false? It, it, it will upregulate your fat metabolism for sure yeah so naturally you'll upregulate your you know that fat metabolism will be 
pumped up a little bit. Um, you can also add caffeine. That helps. I do that as well. Um, yeah, yeah. Possibly some bulletproof coffee has been exposed. I've done that too. Yeah. Recommended or explored in some cases where you're adding now to like induce higher ketosis during exercise, just to kind of help prime the body to burn fat and kind of upregulate that. So you'll, you know, if you're doing this, you know, in the morning, I don't know when you're doing this, but correct. Um, if you're doing this in the morning, you've already not probably ate in all night. Correct. So your, your body's kind of like either you're, you know, already somewhat upregulated. So a lot of people, if they're metabolically healthy and they, you know, span an entire, 12, 14 hours, maybe 16 hours of no food intake. They're going to be in it anyway. If your normal carb adapted person is 0.1, 0.2 millimolar of ketone, beta hydroxybutyrate, um, someone that's, you know, fasted 12, 14, 16 hours, they may be at a 0.3, 0.4, and they're almost at a 0.5. Okay. Um, just if they're, you know, metabolically healthy and they haven't eaten in a while, your body's very well set up. Like this is this is ingrained in human survival, basically. Like yeah. we did not have yeah. refrigerators back in the day. We, you know, we ate when we could find we ate food. A bunch yeah, and then, yeah. So we were set up to be able to relatively quickly switch to fat metabolism. Um, that's not to say you switch to like peak, really high quality fat metabolism. That takes some time, and that's kind of like the, the keto adaptation period. Um, so you can get your like way back <laughs> to the question before. You can get your ketones up right in a day or so, but you may not become like, you know, pretty comfortable and your performance may not be what How you, long does what that you take? remember that could take four months, weeks, four weeks, six weeks. Okay. Um, I, I feel so much better running, uh, fasted. There could I, be I, some GI things yeah, there. Yeah. Your stomach yeah. might just like not having anything. Yeah, in. I just, it just, Today I, feel, I felt I feel much better. The first two runs in a fasted state at the, they sucked, but today I felt great. Yeah. So this is this is the, the kind of the last like sciencey thing I wanted to talk about, and something we talked about the, with the backcountry foodie is you know substrate utilization during exercise and okay. how if you're at a very so let's just take a regular person, not a keto person, you know even at rest there's still a large amount of their body is burning fat for energy. Correct. Oh, yeah. Right. So re- regardless of who you are, regardless right. of what your diet is. You, you burn a sizable amount of fat and doing low activity or, you know, or kind no, of more or less sedentary. Yeah. yeah. When you start exercising, the amount of carbohydrate you burn in a normal person increases as the intensity of the exercise increases. Yep. It's relatively linear, so, I guess, if for lack of a better so way of describing it. My question is if you, let's take backpacking for an example. So, back, mm-hmm. let's say you're backpacking all day, it's never flat. Yep. So it's it's more strenuous than walking. It's yep. probably as strenuous as running slow because you're, you're still walking. I would agree wholeheartedly with that. I've looked at some of the numbers. So on that. Yeah. in terms of my, I'm a keto person, my ability to use fat to power my exercise, is that still going to be cool if the intensity of my exercise is high, even though my body prefers carbohydrate at higher intensity exercise? It, yeah, so basically at any given amount of exercise at, you know, at peak, let's say you are, let's, for example, a Wingate test. <laughs> well, let's say, let's say here, I'll put it in context. Let's say okay. I'm, I'm backpacking. I got to climb this summit. Yep. It's going to be moderately to not, let's say not high intensity. I'm not sprinting. Okay. I'm this still is, walking is, uphill. Yeah. So it's not like you're, you're like, you're not above threshold. Okay. You can still have a conversation. Okay. 
Am I going to be able to harness fat as my fuel source at that intensity? That will be your primary more than likely. Um, this may warrant a slide as well. Okay. Oh, <laughs> um, okay. We'll see. What but we you understand what I'm asking. I, I do. Okay. Uh, so, so I have looked into this. Um, do you understand what in I'm terms asking, of Andy? Yeah. I mean, are you like, I think you're asking, <laughs> I think you're asking. One? Is this one? Is, is this a slide? <laughs> this, is, this is related. Yes. This you're, is one which of Which slide do you want me to you're go asking to? A, um, you're asking let's, a very... Let's go to that. Yeah. The one with the orange lines. There you go. Of course it's going to be yes. Yes. Like, yeah. Well, I don't know. So your ability... I mean, um, if you've adapted your body to The question to keto, is... Yeah, but even... Like, let's say I'm a ketogenic athlete. If I go out and sprint at the highest of my ability, I'm still got to be burning a little bit of carb, right? Oh, you're going to burn... At the highest of your ability, yeah, like high. So this is like a hundred meters or less. Yes, hundred meter sprint. I'm a key. oh, and take take AT, take creatine out of the picture. ATP PCR. ATP PCR. No, we're talking about that. The four hundred meter. The four hundred. So that's yeah, forty ish seconds. So I'm not, a high, like a really good athlete. High intensity, seconds. but I'm a keto athlete. Am I still able to perform at that intensity? You'll still perform, but you not, may, but as good or not as good or I don't know that we have a good study to give us so a clear what, answer uh, on that. So basically, yeah, screen. so on this slide yeah, here. So what's going on here? Uh, basically, during exercise, this is associated with... Oh, this know, is exactly what I want yeah, to talk about. The okay. ultra-endurance yeah. athletes. Uh, and these were elite oh, ultra-endurance oh. athletes. So these people... Is this um, the faster study? Correct. You know who's in this study? You know yeah. who's one of these data points? Zach Bitter. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So... <laughs> and and you, know, you know, okay, hold on. You know what's interesting about him too is that He's he like, cycles, but he's keto. And then when he does his runs, he carbs, he, he it up. carbs up that. Yeah. So there's an entire, you know, like so we walk, talked walk about us, a whole, walk us through what we got going on here. So, and the, so far, you know, so this. is this the left for them as well? Yes. Is, okay. So, yeah. so, what, <laughs> so what's this far left? You're basically like the HC LC HC is high carb athletes. And okay. these were, still, these are, these are elite athletes. Yes. Both groups, high carb, low carb, both elite, elite endurance, ultra runners. endurance okay. marathon wow. runners. So, yeah. Um, so they, you know, they have high fat oxidation rates, peak fat oxidation rates, but they're still about twofold lower than the right. low carb. And not all these individuals would, you know, if we were to measure their blood ketones would be hitting nutritional ketosis, you know, resoundingly every time, but they are low carb. They emphasize fat in their diet, um, depending on their training and you know, all, you know, they may overconsume protein here and there and that may dot, you, right. know, you know, knock their ketones down a little bit, but, um, but their, their fat metabolism rates were like nearly off the charts or possibly but does now, that, now is this at exercise? Or is this at rest? This is during exercise. But does, is, that, does that translate to better performance? That's a good question. So for an ultra marathon or the thing that they deal with, and we talked about it a little bit, and I would say it's, you know, analogous in some capacity to a backpacker. You are going to have a hard time at some point, like either you're fueling frequently enough and adequately enough during your intervals as a high carber, so you're eating those gels. Yeah. Or, yeah. you know, okay. for an ultra marathon, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's gels or goo. And backpacking you know. similar. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, either you're going to do that or, and you're going to not have a problem and that's fine. You'll keep your glycogen topped off. You keep your blood glucose high enough that you can burn it. Yeah. Um, or if you don't do that, you might bonk or you might feel sluggish or, you're, you know, disoriented, whatever. Like, I don't think backpackers have the disorientation no. to the same degree because, but they're not asking their bodies to perform right. at that higher level for 12 hours, 13 hours. Like right. My understanding is it's six to eight hours approximately for most backpackers heart rate range, which is kind of related to this question. Yeah. For the most part, you're going to be in the 120 to 140 range. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to have a couple, like you're saying, like the uphills here and there where you're going to maybe push 
north of 150, so but that's, you're probably on like hard run. Yeah, yeah, but you're unlikely to get, and it's age dependent, obviously the 220 minus age thing. But 120 or yeah, 120 and is normal hiking or backpacking, and then 150, maybe 170, depending on the hill, depending on what you're doing. Um, so you will reach higher heart rates, but even on the right hand side, so like your peak oxidation at any given point, if you're low carb. So this is during fat. exercise. Yes. Okay. So during exercise, the people, this is obvious, the people eating low carb, high fat, yep. they utilize a lot more fat for their energy oh, yeah. versus the people that are eating carbs. Yeah. And that's probably so I'm assuming if you looked at, right. that's yeah. if you looked at yeah. glucose yeah. oxidation, it would be flipped, right? Yes. They're probably burning glucose. And you, yeah, you can see that in the, the graph so, there, so, I suppose. So what about the graphs on the right where oh, it actually shows go. their okay. performance? Yep. yep. So well, so this is more just the fat oxidation rates oh, over the course during, of... Okay. So three, what was this run? This was a three-hour run around 60% of their VO2 max. Three so a th- an easy three-hour run. <laughs> ben Greenfield so was in this too. I mean, I wouldn't say... 60% it was, of your max is like not... It's you not, can have a conversation. Yeah. I mean, it's not terribly difficult, but it's... yeah. yeah. So that'd be and, a long, slow run. For and you these can people. see the fat that's oxidation. Yeah. yeah. How much yeah. do they get paid? Got a couple, couple. Oh, G's. I don't, I don't remember I what they, they got, got paid a couple for. G's. Was this yours? Were you involved with this study? I didn't collect any data with this study. Okay. You, did you help publish it? I did. I'm not on this one. No. Oh, yeah. sorry. sorry. Rich. It's okay. It's a pretty cool study. Though. It was, yeah. it was like, yeah. there's a bunch. It story. doesn't mean the data is not cool. There are a bunch of Navy SEALs in this too. Yeah. It's just a bunch of badass. So, okay. So this top right fixture shows the amount of fat they're burning over the course of this three hour, easy treadmill, easy quote unquote. Yeah. So obviously, go on a treadmill for three hours. It's not I, easy. I would need. I would need a couple. I would need a couple. I would just get bored. Right. Yeah. Oh, I don't know how. Yeah. So um, these these people were so the incredibly um, dedicated. You know, dedicated. I'm to assuming this. these are the low carb people yes. up here. So orange, you can see on the fat oxidation curve, at any given point in time during exercise, even though the exercise was the same for both groups, yeah. they were burning a ton more fat. And then counter to that, you can see. At, at rest, they're not really burning that much more. Or maybe yeah. the scale is just off. No, no, that's. I mean, so fat oxidation between a keto person and a regular. I guess you're not expending calories. That doesn't. Yeah, make sense. when you're when you're not exercising, yeah, it may not sense. be tremendously different in terms of like an ax, you know, grams per minute type. So, um, were these fasted runs? Um, these I don't believe were fasted runs. These so I think what, they had been, but they had been fueled adequate to their diet. So like, so if they, they were. If these they were, were not fed low, the same people. These no, these two groups no, were not the fed the same thing. Um, were fed okay. basically high carb related, okay. you know, something that fit with their dietary okay. paradigm and the low carbs were fit some, you know, okay. because the three hours is a relatively long time. But, um, so what I'm, what I'm reading here is at 60% of your max heart rate, which I would definitely put backpacking in that mm-hmm. exercise intensity. I would, I would say it's at, yeah, it's similar. So at so. a backpacking intensity, you're still good to go in terms of a ketogenic athlete. I, well, yeah, I think that. Not only are you good to go, I think there are some benefits. There's, right. There are some disadvantages. Like every diet has pros and cons, right. but I would say there's there's some advantages here where, you know, as a keto backpacker, you might have, what, you know, fueling advantages. What are some of the disadvantages of like of of keto? So for the for one, it, I think we touched on it. it. Was you know some of the meal planning or some of the, the food availability? The, you know, what do you bring? How do you store it? That kind of thing. Like if you um, go to REI and buy backpacking food or go anywhere to buy camping food, you're host. Yeah. Yep. There's maybe one or maybe so 5% of the food. There was one company. Um, we should, we should slide this one. Okay. All right. All right. Slide. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Rich, um, which slide? And, and maybe there's more than one. one? That, yes. So next mile meals. All right. Wait, they wait, wait, all right. Are, all right. We're good. Wait. Oh, oh. 
All right, we're good. They're said to specify or, you know, kind of specialize in these low carb or what they consider it's called next mile meals. I've yes. never heard of it. And you can buy, I think they have eight different products. They have two breakfasts and then they have like kind of this other, you know, is this a, um, is this some of their products or is this what would this, you eat, what you'd eat during the day? This is their product breakdown in terms of macros. Okay, so they offer so these four things. They offer eight. I just sampled. Okay, so right, they have cool, two breakfasts. Cool. So the two breakfasts. I, I, I did not know about this. Yes, this is so cool. They do have products that are available that are, and then I that was I put these macros up there just to Damn, give you an idea. Sixty-six grams of protein. Yeah. So buffalo yeah, so ranch chicken. That's how yeah. Jesus. So the buffalo ranch chicken I put up there first because that you one can is, make, hey shout out you can make this at home we make this too yes well that's yeah. what I was gonna say so yeah. um my you know in terms of resources basically. For you know, someone that's interested in trying to apply this, and then I would say, I don't know if we've touched on it. I would not go ahead and say like, I'm going backpacking. Let's go keto Do this? backpacking. Yeah, yeah, I would yeah. say, build the foundation of being you know low carb or like keto for, like for a, a little weeks. while, yeah. experiment with it, and then go backpacking and try it. I wouldn't so, say like, you know, today's Thursday or Friday or whatever day. Saturday, I have a backpacking trip. I'm keto now. So, <laughs> so I did this this past weekend because we just went out for a night. Yeah. And I just took a big ass steak. Yep. So, I mean, and there's. <laughs> Didn't and, have to worry about it on the one nighters. So I, I you know, while there's a ton of controversy and people like, you know, constantly seem to be at each other's throats within nutrition research. It's so interesting. Like every time you hear about something, it's, you know, it's something that's relevant. Like yeah. there's people that do carnivore now and. Two years ago, I didn't even That's know what carnivore was. Thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, you ain't doing that backpacking. I mean, it's yeah, you probably could. different. You could do you could dry, pemmican. Dehydrated. Pemmican. Yeah. Oh, oh. Pemmican, baby. Oh. Um, Have you had it? Huh? I've had pemmican. I've actually had pemmican and not hated it. If you don't know, if you're listening and don't know what pemmican is, Google it. They have, it uh, just sounds so gross. That other fella, Brian Ossenheiler. Oh, he, 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 he has some, that rep- would be the perfect backpacking yeah. food. Though, so you and, could stomach and, it. and that was the, so like in terms of the, the meal planning and that kind of thing, like people kind of figured out some of this already and they've like, even the risk, I know you talked about, um, with Aaron, the yeah. backcountry foodie. Um, you talked about like fat going rancid and stuff. And that is definitely something that you need to at least you control, know, control for consider. No. Yeah. Um, Just cover everything in fat. Like pemmican. <laughs> so so it's saturated fat that does not become rancid. Okay. So if you emphasize so like for, for which, pemmican. I've been told saturated fat I shouldn't eat. And yeah, so that's that's a whole nother thing. I know. Yeah, right? I know. So that's kidding. like a I'm whole nother. Like we, could do a, we could do a one whole episode on that probably. I know. Um, I know. But yeah, basically like if you think about, you know, saturated fat is most predominantly in animal products uh-huh. and, you know, the, the meat products that you're eating and that kind of thing. Um, and the, the, the human body as well as, you know, animals, mammals, generally, not only do we store more saturated fat and more monounsaturated, we tend to burn saturated fat better, more effectively. And also the monounsaturated, um, plant, you know, polyunsaturated you get from plants. Mm -hmm. Um, you can eat them as a human and, but you don't, you don't necessarily store them as well. And like you're, you're better set up to work with both saturated and monounsaturated. But so as a human in keto, you utilize fats from animals better than fats from plants. Is that what you're saying? Um, I don't know if you have to be like a keto human for that. Just, I in, think just in general, I would say just in general humans okay. for the most part, probably at least are set up to do that a little bit more effectively. Cause that's kind of what we have in our body. Like we're, you know, storing fats as saturated and monounsaturated okay. a little bit more okay. in our body that than we sense. are polys. That makes sense. Um, so, and so, yeah, it's, you know, if you can get a, if you can get over the hurdle of, I'm afraid of saturated fat, 
Let's assume that's you get a hurdle over. for yeah, some people. That's a hurdle for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, which is a lot of the, you know, issue with ketogenic diets. Right. Like you're going to, you're going to eat more saturated fat. Your LDL may be affected, but your HDL likely is going to go through the roof and you're going to probably, yeah. And you're probably going to like your ratio is probably going to be at least healthy. If not, maybe improve your yeah. ratio of HDL to LDL. So there's like a whole slew of things going on there. Um, but assuming you can get over the saturated fat thing, then you can like pemmican is basically like the tallow. So that is, mm. that is, That's just that is hard as a rock. At, yeah, yeah. Hard as a rock at room temperature. That is, <laughs> that is saturated fat, baby. Um, it is not a liquid at room temperature. It is not unsaturated. Uh, the other thing with backpacking too, is like, you gotta, you gotta consider like the, the enjoyment of a meal. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's a thing backpacking. Like, I, oh, yeah, I've like seen it. 10 um, hours. A, what's his, a uh, slab of pemmican is not going to like satisfy me. That's so the pemmican, I think, obviously it was, you know, is heavily relied upon in like indigenous populations. I've read articles where they've found like pemmican that's 500 years old and still edible. Oh Oh, yeah. So it, it, I mean it perfectly. So in terms of like the meal planning and preserving food, like high fat doesn't mean you cannot store it or, you know, preserve it and transport it. Like I think people are, because it's not easy to do or because it involves some work, people are like, well, I could just go get a, you know. A mountain house. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's a lot easier carby. and it's, it's got a lot of carbs, but it's also like ready to go. Yeah. Um, so at least like the next mile meals, like they've got stuff that they're trying, they're, they're doing, yeah. you know, something to make it a little bit lower carb. Uh, the protein in some cases you saw like some, real high, some of them are like 60 grams a meal. Real I, would, high. I would say that's probably a little high, but like the breakfasts are 30 yeah. to 40 grams. And then there was a couple, I only provided three of the non breakfasts. Um, but, uh, there are a few that are like the Italian meatballs only 42 grams. That's not far off of, yeah. you know, so is that and, literally a meatball? Uh, like a I don't know if it's, like I don't de- know if it's a single meatball. I bet it's like a, um, I bet it's like a, Oh, Oh, oh wait. Oh no. Oh, there's, yeah, there's another slide. So I was just basically saying this like backcountry foodie. Yeah. Oh, so she has great stuff too. Shout out to backcountry foodie. Yeah. yeah. Like she does a great job and you can adapt things to fit. Yeah. So like, for example, I just did, you know, and this was maybe easier and, I don't know, but either way. Oh, like, I see. You took so, one of these and yeah. figured out. I so see. you can yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. you know, items that would not be keto, graham crackers. You can basically food process or grind down some pecans, walnuts, butter, and cinnamon. Okay. And you can make like your, you know. I didn't know For, for example, wow. if you're going to make a keto cheesecake, that is your crust. It's yeah. pecans, pecans, walnuts. You're going to, you know, make some butter, cinnamon concoction, kind of make that your crust. And then you can put whatever you want in terms of a high fat filling with cream yeah. cheese and things in it. Cream cheese um, is keto. And then, you know, Jello, just make it like the sugar-free or the zero yeah, sugar yeah. model. Oh, and interesting. So you can even adapt. And I, I'm not saying that you have to buy these products in terms of like Next Mile. I'm saying like, you know, if you're doing this. There's, there's some options. There, there are options. Yeah. So there are good resources. Even if you have to adapt some things here yeah. and there to make it keto or low-carb so friendly. It's definitely much easier to do it now than it ever has been. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, um, nuts for the most part. Um, I mean, your, your walnuts and pecans are going to be the lowest carb per gram. Okay. Um, peanuts, I think, are kind of mid-level. Cashews are oh, Jesus. It's like peanuts are mid-level. Um, cashews are higher. It's like nine point two grams. Love, I love cashews God, of carb per cashews. ounce or something. Or um, so that that's good to know. I yeah. actually didn't know. I didn't know about this next mile thing. Yeah, next mile seems good. Um, I mean, and then uh, the other fellow ketogenic backpacking. He has some good information. I, I think he has recipes I too. I still don't know if I would do it. 
I like being keto right now, but I, I don't know if I'd do it during backpacking. I don't know. I he have has, to look at this stuff. yeah. So the ketogenic backpacking guy has like, yeah. you know, his testimonial and how he's yeah. done this on numerous occasions. There's definitely a weight advantage to it for sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, um, I, yeah, but it's like, I could just, I guess I could just eat dehydrated ground beef for seven days, whatever, <laughs> with olive oil in it. Yeah. But I mean, also, like, you can dehydrate your veggies and yeah, that's that kind true. of stuff. That's like, true. You can, I'm sure find ways to do it. And I don't know if he included a lot of sodium. Oh, okay. Uh, there's some, I don't know. There's slides. Are there any other slides? You there's wanna... slides up North. We could try to hit something. Oh, the muscle glycogen came up with Aaron from back on your foot. Yes. Okay. Talk so, us through this. Um, same study. First, what is muscle, muscle glycogen? So muscle glycogen, maybe we need to go up further because that'll okay. just okay. facilitate right. that. did didn't. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. oh, 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 look at that. <laughs> Okay. Oh, so, you got it. Okay. Yeah. Don't worry about all this. Okay. This is, Wait, where should I go? Just go oh, to. I didn't realize you had a cool thing here. Oh, it's cool. Oh, oh. we're just blowing through this and you prepared all this. Huh? All right. I mean, where do you want me to go? I would go to the bar graph one. It's a uh, yellow and red. There that you one? go. Okay. Yeah. So what is this? in terms of what you have available, and we talked on, you know, about this a bit. So the energy available in terms of fat or triglycerides stored on the body, even in a lean person. Greater than 60, 80,000 calories in most cases. Okay. Um, versus your carb glycogen storage, which is basically the carbohydrate storage form. So, you know, fat we know stores within adipose tissue as triglycerides and, you know, in fat cells. Carbohydrates, when you overconsume those, basically you end up storing it as glycogen. Mm-hmm. It's just like this huge poly chain of carbs. It's like wood. <laughs> Yeah, I suppose. I mean, well, it's uh, very similar. Starchy, (laughs) starchy wood inside your muscle. Wood, (laughs) Um, but you have muscle stores and you have liver stores of glycogen. And most Um, is in your liver, correct? Yes. Okay. But well, no, it's most in your muscle. But in any single, there's more in your liver than any single muscle, correct? I would tend to agree. Yes, I'd have to. I don't want to tell you the wrong thing. Hesitantly agree. Yeah, I don't want to tell you the wrong thing on that. But there's. In the range, there's of, a lot of glycogen in your liver, is what I'm saying. Yes, relative yeah, yeah. to the so, rest I mean, of the your two, body. Yeah, the two primary yeah. spots you're gonna store are muscle and liver okay. for sure. And you will have 2,000 kcals approximately. So, like, you can tell there's a huge difference there in the availability. Like, if you have to call on all your fat stores versus all your got a lot more energy. Yeah, you've got like you know the single gas can you fill up to you know go boating, right? Or you've got like tanker trucks full of fuel for the fat <laughs> in terms of That's your glycogen. Yeah, yeah, so. Um, so you can rely upon that, which is helpful. But if you kind of like, I guess, move down, what, the reason people are interested in glycogen is because they'll have to go past. Are move down on the slide? Yeah. Okay. All right. Good, going. good, good. Yeah, yeah, Keep going? Well, you have to keep going down right. further. This All is right. kind of like- Here we go. Yeah, so right. um, glycogen is of interest to people because for the most part, carbohydrates have been associated, like you're saying, with like the higher the intensity uh-huh. intra- the exercise you're doing, the more you're going to rely on carbohydrates because although they don't provide as much energy per gram- Right? Uh-huh. It's only four kcals per gram for a carbohydrate versus nine for a fat. You can burn carbs quite a bit faster. So if you can yes. burn if you can burn it faster, if you can cycle the ATP faster, you can move the muscles faster and run faster. None of that, in my opinion, applies in most cases for backpacking. Yeah, that's that's a good so, call out. I would so, agree. Yeah. So unless well, I got to run away from a bear, right? Yes. 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 Yeah. <laughs> I gotta die. Yes. Well, <laughs> the high carb guy. He's that's creatine. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Yeah. I mean, it depends how far you're running. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but I would say in that case, even there with a low carb or ketogenic diet, you're kind of protecting those glycogen stores because you're going to rely more on the fat as we, true, show, as true. we show with the other graph. Okay. Um, but basically this is kind of same thing. Ultra marathoners, same exact study. Okay. Comparing the 
baseline immediately post exercise and then 120 minutes post exercise. This is this is, this is the amount of glycogen. I did not realize this. Yes. They have the same amount of glycogen. So now the you'll find discrepancies within the literature along the way here, right? Because I assume there's low this, carb people have less glycogen. That is absolutely the assumption, which is fine. And it, that's it, incorrect. It, it, I'm not saying necessarily it's incorrect. So at four weeks, there's data that actually Dr. Finney, who is a, like a mentor and a, he's somewhat related to some of the work that we've done. And he's, you know, kind of actually some of the more seminal work that laid the foundation for doing low carb research. He started with, he saw in four weeks that, there was a reduction, almost like a 50% reduction in muscle glycogen. It wasn't associated with exercise. I, I don't think it was just more like a, you mm-hmm. know, just a pre-exercise or, you know, this is three muscle biopsies right. around exercise okay. baseline and after. Um, so he saw at four weeks, the low carb or the keto people did have a reduction in glycogen. And that's, that's four weeks. Um, that study that we were talking about with the tactical athletes that uh-huh. was Related to my dissertation, there was another student named Vin Miller who did his uh, doctoral work on the kind of the more <laughs> biochemical related stuff. He's much smarter than I am. So he did a lot of work with the biochemical assays and he did a lot of the work with the muscle glycogen. Um, we saw a tremendously reduced discrepancy at 12 weeks between our athletes that were keto and non-keto. So, at, so after three months, the people who were on keto had significantly less carbohydrate stores significantly less reduction of so if oh okay, so for okay, example okay. at four weeks let's say it's about a 50 percent reduction in glycogen stores kind of as your you know your normal person if they've been low carb for four weeks at 12 weeks we saw it was like less than 20 percent disparity it was like it was a much so lower disparity back. yeah so it kind of over time comes back this it's basically the almost the exact same these individuals on average were upwards of six months nine months being either high carb or low carb trained. Like they've been doing this for months now, almost, you know, in some cases it was over a year, but it kind of averaged out. So um, in this case, we saw that like, if you've been doing this and this is kind of your diet, like your, your body will find a way to resynthesize glycogen and you will become, if you're, if you're burning less carbs, you would assume that you have more carbs to kind of, kind of put back so into glycogen my storage. Whole running fasted to deplete my glycogen stores is bullshit is what you're telling me. Running fasted to to deplete glycogen. Um, it depends on which. I mean, I ran today. Yes, I ran with the purpose of I ran depleting seven, glycogen, yes. or just I ran at seventy five percent of my max heart rate. Okay, for two point two five hours. Okay, completely fasted, caffeine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure you burned up some some glycogen. Did I do? Did I burn more more glycogen than I would have had I not been doing the ketogenic diet? But fasted levels the same more glycogen than yeah. you would have like if like you... do, sorry do i have did, did did i did i burn less glycogen sorry less glycogen more than like yeah i don't know how long you've okay been, how long you've been doing this 12 13 days 12 or 13 yeah so more than likely a non-keto person would have burned more glycogen on okay their run same does, does this support same. that uh this basically says that if you've been keto for a while okay that your muscle glycogen levels aren't you know reduced by just that's the, interesting just the nature of being keto uh, and that has, I think, has to do with the adaptation process, which for an elite trained athlete may take months, almost, you know. And so this one on the right is showing like the effect of exercise on the glycogen stores. Yes. So you exercise, you lose a lot, but yep. the, the, the low carb people are losing the same amount. Yep. And they that's come back to, you know, approximately the same, same IP, their, their resynthesis. I mean, that's like, we don't have a, a real good scientific rationale for like how exactly this happens. Like there's plenty of carbons floating around. 
that you can, you know, move around and, mm-hmm. you know, acetyl coas and all that stuff. You can like shuttle into different areas to resynthesize glycogen. But in a lot of cases, what we've been told is that if you're keto, your glycogen must be reduced. Yeah. That's what I've carbs. been told. Yeah. That's what, um, that's what the internet says. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the internet but that, says but so you're many telling things. me that that's not necessarily true, which is interesting. It's, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Not necessarily true. It would depend I'm, on how I'm, long you've been keto. And I'm tempted in, to believe you over the internet. In, so in case of you, if you've only been doing this you know, right. on the span of Probably two weeks, the same. you at baseline, if we were to just go grab some muscle sample out of your leg You're right now. You're not taking a muscle biopsy <laughs> on me. Do you know what a muscle on, biopsy is? I don't. It's, I, it's I exactly what it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. They, Take muscle. <laughs> carve out a piece of your muscle. <laughs> I mean, at baseline right now, you might be a little reduced compared to your yeah, high yeah, carb yeah. self. Yeah, have to be. Yeah. Okay. But if you continue this keto uh, training for a while, you may back. you may come back to normal. So that is a a good adaptation then. So if when you need that glycogen, it's there. That's that's been like so for these ultra marathoners, yeah. right? They they need to run the race at their you know pretty significant elevated heart rate for hours and hours and hours and <laughs> forever. Um, but then at some point you're going to have to pass somebody. At some point you're going to climb a hill. Right, at some point yeah. you're going to have to like yeah. tap into you, it. You want to get to yeah. that high that's gear. Interesting. And when you want to get to that high gear, you need the glycogen. And that's kind of been the rationale behind like, well, you know, for sports, maybe keto's bad. Um, but this is saying maybe it, not. I'm I'm saying it depends on the sport and it depends on the athlete. If you, it you know, if you depend. Yeah. It depends. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what I am saying, it's, it's worth considering and trying. That's for sure. It's definitely yeah. worth trying. To write it off is yeah. probably not. The yeah. most wise decision. Um, <laughs> nice. Um, all right. Any any questions from the uh, from the audience? No. N- we we've addressed them all. There's a lot of comments about how people trust you because you have a mustache, though. Oh shoot. Oh, also, <laughs> I, I, need, I need to ask you because some, some, really, some of the people watching know that. <laughs> are uh, some of the people watching. Are there any studies you guys are looking for participants? Uh, most of our studies got like just absolutely crushed by COVID. I don't know. <laughs> but like, um, do you have anything on the docket? We, yeah. So we have a few, I mean, are you, least, are you seeking participants that are eating on a keto diet? I'm not saying I yes, want to, but I know um, people that are listening that we aren't. at least have one ongoing from, you know, this one would be specifically for women that are interested in okay. keto. Um, we refer to it as lady stack, but basically uh, this study in particular you're going to eat a ketogenic diet. It'll be kind of virtually guided okay. and coached. So you won't necessarily be, you know, provided all this food all the time and things you you'll be coached throughout the way. Um, and so that's one, but it's more or less for, you know, non-clinical healthy people. Okay. Um, we are, as far as I know, we're still working on a cancer study. Um, okay. this is like stage four stuff that, uh, Parker Hyde's working on. Okay. Um, I think they're more or less, but you're not working. like any just other than women. You're not looking for any just random ketogenic people to be in studies. Um, at the moment, those are the two, and then I have a heart failure study. But you have to be a heart failure with preserved ejection fraction and <laughs> willing to do keto for about four weeks. Do you think that'll help them? We're very interested in it as a possible so keto to pre- pre- preserving heart function. Uh, yes, interesting. Uh, with especially with preserved ejection fraction. Those heart failure patients. There's the bad ones. You can, well, you can be reduced ejection fraction that, that manifests, you know, easily to find, or at least diagnosis of it's quite simple, right? You can see the ejection fractions reduced, but the amount of blood that's coming out of your heart. Yes. Um, yeah. 
for every beat for people who are listening and yes. like what the hell is ejection for yeah so, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so whatever fills up at you know as the blood empties into your heart you have your stroke volume so if whatever your end diastolic volume is that fill total you take your stroke volume out whatever that fraction but, is but the point here is there's potentially cardiotherapeutic effects effects of a ketogenic diet that uh, you're looking to study so yeah so they saw um in an infusion study in humans that had heart failure, this was reduced ejection fraction. So a little bit different. Yeah. Um, but reduced ejection fraction, they have, you know, they have therapeutic medications and they have options of, uh, allowed to them for those with preserved ejection fraction. They have far oh, less. Interesting. So it's harder to find clinically because their see. ejection fraction is normal and they just kind of have like the shortness yeah, of breath yeah. and they don't feel right. Um, but then also, there's not a lot of treatment options. You're just, you know, for the most part, you're like, let's control your sodium. Let's monitor yeah. your blood pressure, that kind of, you know, generic stuff. So um, we do have a study where we're trying to evaluate ketogenic diet as that. So they've seen if you infuse ketones, beta hydroxybutyrate specifically into people. So that involves an IV, it's right. not, you know, super, you know, people generally don't like needles and IVs and for the most part. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's not like a, you know, something you can do like every day, like, Hey, I'm going to, you know, go infuse all day. Um, but they saw a two liters per minute increase in cardiac output in both heart failure patients and healthy patients when they infuse beta hydroxybutyrate. And there's animal data that says that, that supports that, that basically, yeah, basically says that your heart is a little bit more efficient. Um, and now we're getting to organ stuff. Like the brain is pretty good at burning ketones. The heart actually may be better than the brain at burning ketones, um, that might like, play into this endurance exercise thing. We're interested in exploring it for military yeah. as well. Because, like, right. you know, there's a ton of opportunities here. We just, you know, there's limited time and little, limited funding. And yep. <laughs> so um, one more question here, and then we'll then we can wrap it up. But uh, maybe as a best practice, is it good to load electrolytes before starting a hike? Good question. Uh-huh. Load. Like take. Is yes. it good to take just a bunch like, of electrolytes so, before I'm going hiking? Good to take a bunch. I would, I mean, is there any harm in doing that? Will you just pee What's, them out? Uh, yeah. In some cases, what is, I mean, so what is load? Like, right, right. Rich, it, so it, it depends. Rich, rich. <laughs> I'm going hiking. Oh. Should I take a bunch of electrolytes before I go hiking? Should, should, right. I, drink? should I drink? Should I drink? Yes. No. So, for example, like we'll have, you know, athletes and stuff that'll take, uh, you know, it's a product called the right stuff. It's like two grams of sodium. Basically, it's okay. a ton of electrolytes. Okay. Similar to a Boolean cube. Okay. All right. And they'll right. they'll kind of, you know, pre-workout or pre-match, pre-game, okay. do something with, you know, that kind of product where it's a heavy electrolyte dose. Not like Gatorade where it's, yeah. you know. Yeah, 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 light. It's not grams yeah, yeah, of yeah, yeah, electrolytes. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's like a heavy dose. And they've seen some results. And there's professional teams that are kind of. That are doing re- that? That are relying on this, you know, they'll do the right stuff. They'll obviously hydrate as well. And basically all you're doing is trying to hold the, the water in the body right. a little bit better and okay. prevent dehydration. So I'm not saying it's going to yeah. probably not going to harm you as long as you're going right. to also hydrate. If you're going to only eat the salt and not <laughs> hydrate along the way, I wouldn't recommend that. Say, <laughs> <laughs> so guys, pre-hike bouillon cubes. <laughs> just, nom- yeah. just crushing bouillon cubes in the parking just lot. chewing on them, yeah. Oh, gross. It was Kieran um, who did that. That's a good question. That doesn't surprise me. Um, all right. We should do a, uh, we should do like a, and give people an opportunity to do a, do a Q&A with Dr. Rich. Anything, exercise, yeah, nutrition, Rich, Rich, you keto. Might, you might, do you listen to the Joe Rogan experience? I've 
seen a couple so he, episodes. He has, yeah. a, he has a science girl on a lot. You Does might, he? You might be our Dr. Ronna Patrick. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> you, right. might, you might be ours, Rich. Hey, I will do my absolute best right. to help you guys out. I really um, appreciate you guys even talking no, to me. No, this is uh, Rich, man. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah, thank you. Um, anyone this who's, was who's interested. Okay, if, any, if, if, if there's a person out there and they want to be... They want to get schooled on ketogenic diets or keto diets. Like, where should they go? Uh, in terms of backpacking? No, no of just backpacking? education. Either education. Say someone listening is like, oh, I'm kind of interested about the ketogenic diet. Where should they go to get more information? Uh, there's obviously some books available. I have not read. Nah, any books. I don't. I want to Google it. Oh, you want to Google this? Yeah, this is just like, come YouTube, on. YouTube, is there any, is there any like, YouTube things? Or like, is it that hard to get information? It's definitely not that hard to get information. There's... Good information through a couple of sources. What are those sources? Um, one of them is, I guess, Verda. Uh, conflict of interest. Yeah, <laughs> one of them. Well, it's not a conflict of interest for me. It's not for you. Yeah, definitely not. So, for but me. That, but they're legit. So Verda yeah. Health. That's they, a good. They have a pretty good blog, but they're good, more clinically oriented. Um, for just like, there isn't like if I'm just a person who wants to try a ketogenic diet, there's not like a go-to resource for that. It seems like something you could. Monetize. I mean, <laughs> there's there's so many that like usually we just say like you know go to whatever you find that you think is reputable and then we'll work with you along the way we don't usually say like this is the reliable source that we use okay. we usually say like we are probably going to be your reliable source and if you have questions you should, should ask should people us. just ch- <laughs> check out Volek's books uh, I that's usually the first start okay. for most so people is go to Amazon and put in Jeff Volek and he's got a couple yeah, good he's got the art and science of low carbohydrate living yeah. and then he's got another book that's uh, more or less Center around athletes. Okay. Um, but yeah, so those are usually our go-tos. We say like, you know, and that's, that seems to help a lot of people, um, for backpacking. I would say start with ketogenic backpacking. He's got both a book and he's got a website and the website seems pretty good from what I could tell. Um, other than that, like if you're looking for like recipes and stuff, there's uh, ruled.me. I don't know if they've changed their address. Yeah. Yeah. Ruled.me is a pretty good resource where, not everything is going to, you know, keep you in ketosis, but they have a ton. Like they're, they're an assortment of recipes and ideas for making food that's keto friendly uh, is like we, we've relied on that in the past. Okay. Um, Cause that's, I mean, when we're coaching people, it's usually like, they don't ask for like, they ask us for the, the resources on like, well, what do you think on this? Or do you have any, you know, we'll provide them scientific yeah. papers that are reliable on certain things. We don't necessarily say like we, you know, go to this website. Uh, there, there is an OSU website that we're starting to put together now. Okay. Um, that I don't necessarily do. We have registered dietitians, but they will help kind of consult with people and work with people, whether okay. you're patients or healthy. They will. I guess we should shout here. out. Just hit up a registered dietitian if you're looking for. I would recommend, yeah, a medical professional, a dietitian, um, someone that is not myself necessarily, because right. most of the advice I would give you probably is, you know. It's um, a liability. <laughs> all right. Um, but I could provide you all the, you know, reading material you want in terms of scientific papers and that kind of thing. I'm yeah. sure you could. <laughs> all right, man. All right. Um, all right, Rich. This was awesome. Yeah. Thank, thank you so you. much. Yep. Yeah. All right, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye.